Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, you gotta fight for your right! <laughs> And now, from the IMLD Home Studios, in its 11th season, you are listening to, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Now your host, Jay and Ray. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning to all our American listeners and good evening to those of you in Burkina Faso and other climes. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast here for you on a Sunday morning, November the 19th, 2023, our last show before the Thanksgiving holiday. I'm Dre. He's Jay. We are here up early talking to America. I'm talking to America here. And we are ready to rock and roll for week 11. But first, as you know how we do, we will recap week 10, give you all of the awards that are deserving for week 10, the best, the worst, the smartest, the dumbest, the struggling, and of course, the WTF. Jay, you ready to rock? I'm ready to go. You were ready to go yesterday. Uh, But it was my fault that this is uh, delayed uh, into Sunday morning instead of last night. I had some uh, minor health issues that had me in a ton of pain last night, and I would not have been able to do the show with my finger throbbing the way it was. So, uh, Skin issues and and getting them drained is not recommended, and if you can avoid it, please do so. I don't know how it happened to me, but I got an infection in my uh, underneath my nail and had to get a drain. And I'm telling you, mm. that's the most painful shot I've ever received. Okay, that that doesn't sound like fun. It was not, and I, I kind of knew it's a, it's an extremity, so I knew it was going to hurt like hell. But I didn't I didn't know it was going to hurt right. like that. But oh my god. Well, I tell you, okay. for uh, painful shots, for uh, mm-hmm. I, I would I don't know because I never had that one, and obviously I described another situation on the show. I'm not um, trying to compete with what you what you. But I'm going to say, as far <laughs> as painful shots go, worst I ever had was the uh, the shot right between your two front teeth and right behind, Ooh. right behind your two front teeth, right Ooh. up in the gums of. Oh my God! I had a shot there one time. And it froze me. It was so painful. Yeah, that's that's bad. <laughs> and I yeah, that as was... someone who's had a ton of dental work done, I'm I'm familiar with those shots in the mouth and hitting those nerves there too. So, uh, but yeah, that front gums. I don't remember ever getting that particular uh, shot. Um, but yeah, I'll take your word that that was very painful. But this, yeah, you talk about frozen in pain. Yeah, that's that pretty much what too. it was. Last night, and I, I it felt like I wanted to like jump out of my skin and run away wow. from it. Wow, <laughs> was it right hand, it left hand, or left middle finger? Uh, about mm. four or five days ago, um, started I started seeing some swelling. Uh, sat sat outside yesterday all day during the uh, Memphis Tigers game. Noticed that the uh, 
swelling in the pus that started glowing, sort of. And I was like, oh. I should go to minor medical and get this looked at. And the lady said, yeah, I know exactly what that is. Let me grab the paper and uh, what the technical term, uh, paranichia. Mm. Yeah, easy for me to say. Um, Sounds basically, like uh-huh, basically a staph infection uh, under the nail. Ouch. Um, and she was like, so you want me to numb that up and, and drain that for you? I was like, if that's what it'll take, sure. I, but I had no idea it was going to be. Mm. Oof. So maybe they forgot uh, the numb part. <laughs> no, but she that's that was the part. That was the it was the numbing shot oh. that she said this is gonna sting ah. really bad like a bee sting. And well that makes sense just, because Yeah. Uh takes a lot to numb up. Basically a, a trying to like numb that. something that's already swollen and infected. So uh-huh. that's all yeah, and what it, a great way Sunday morning. <laughs> hope people are listening to the show while they're eating their breakfast. Yummy, hope you're not having very, any uh yeah, I hope you don't have it. Hope you're not having any eggs Benedict with hollandaise or <laughs> oh, anything. Oh, don't put a little extra uh, cream in your coffee today. I sincerely apologize to uh, anybody. Luckily, we have no listeners, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> All right. As far as what you're here to listen to, the actual show and the breakdown of Week Ten and getting ready for Week Eleven. Week Ten was a good week for Jay. He went eight and five, and I went six and seven. We had a push in there, so that's uh, five pushes on the year. Uh, Jay gets within eight games of me for the season. He's at 64 and 81, and I'm at 72 and 73. So I celebrated being above water, above 500 for a couple of weeks, and now I'm back under by a game, but long way to go still. Uh, so by virtue of that, uh, oh, and the locks, uh, Jay actually did not uh, succeed in his lock. I he, lost uh, my he's lock, the, yeah. He's trusted Gino, oh, God, Gino Smith, and uh, didn't work out for him uh, on the oh, last oh, second God, touchdown. Gino Smith did just fine. Yeah, yeah, the, the defense didn't hold up. No. Um, and meanwhile, I I trusted C.J. Stroud. He is him, and he continues to be him. And I said they were going to knock off the Bengals, and by God, they they did exactly that. So, uh, so for the lot time, I had six to four now on the season. But by virtue of winning Week Ten, Jay gets the honors of leading us off and telling us all about the best and worst of Week Ten. So, Jay, it's all well, on you. I'm going to start with the best. And there were a few, you know, this was the tough one because there were a few different ways I could have gone, uh, which hasn't really been the case for most of the season because you had some, you had some teams that showed up big and you had a, a couple of really uh, compelling games. But I'm giving this one to a player, and it's a player who we've given some praise to throughout the year on the show. But I think it's time to finally appreciate the season and and the. Well, just the tenacity of Joshua Dobbs. Uh, who do you think you are? I am. That's my best of the week because for somebody who has bounced around from, I mean, what is this, four different organizations, I believe, in the last ten months, um, was signed off the street pretty much. It felt like to start that last game for Tennessee because they uh, hated Malik Willis so much. And all of a sudden you find Joshua Dobbs. And at that point we had him in, in, in random Allen territory. He was getting the start uh, to try to beat Jacksonville to get them into the playoffs. And you know what? Uh, granted, it was a fluky strip sack forward off of his hand that ended up costing Tennessee their season and getting the Jags into the playoffs and started the sort of propelling them into what we're seeing from them right now. Well, up until last week, um, but then to go to 
you know, to be on Cleveland's practice squad or, you know, being with them to start the season, then getting shipped off, going to Arizona, then getting traded to Minnesota, showing up, arriving like I am here against Atlanta and beating them where he didn't even know the plays. And then last week starts and they beat the Saints. And tell you what, he played really well, used his legs, uh, 268 yards passing with a touchdown, threw another 44 yards on top of that with a really pretty touchdown run. Uh, you got to admire what he's doing. And we said last week that he's elevated himself out of uh, random Allen territory. So now he's kind of in that, you know, meh range. But, hey, very few people ever get out of random Allen. <laughs> once you are there, you don't get out. Joshua Dobbs, through all of the work that he's put in this season, uh, has the Vikings rolling. And I'm uh, very impressed by, by what he is doing for somebody uh, that the NFL has, uh, you know, basically tossed around <laughs> like like crazy. So I'm going to give this best of the week, r- recognizing the body of work of Joshua Dobbs. Hey, Forrest Gump has been passed around more than some, some women that we've known in the past, but yeah, <laughs> give him all the credit in the world. He has made the most of every situation, and you know, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get with Joshua Dobbs. Uh, yeah, um, why not? Why not Josh Dobbs for uh, best of week 10? Um, and and he, he powers Minnesota past New Orleans. Despite 27 to 3, the Saints were down. And then Derek Carr gets bounced. And it was so close to being a heroic comeback by our guy that I'm going to play his damn theme music anyway because he deserves it. <laughs> And everybody who talked about Jameis Winston's performance said the exact same thing, and, and there's no reason to say any, any other way. You got everything that is Jameis Winston in that game against the Vikings. You got why he was a, a number one overall pick, and you got why he's been bounced around and traded and uh, <laughs> sent to so many. Yeah. You got everything, the great throws, the, oh, my God, why did you put it there? Throw You got it all. You got it all with Jameis. Uh, he almost brought him all the way back, came up just short. Bad looking, terrible uh, INT to to put it away. So, uh, but yeah, the the Vikings keep rolling. I, I'm not quite sure how they do it, but they sure they sure do. But Jameis, man, <laughs> that, that was fun. It's always it's always I, fun. I, it's always a roller coaster with Jameis. You got to play that drop as many times as you can because that's probably <laughs> one of our one of our greatest uh, little in jokes here with with him after the the was it the LASIK um, yeah, after he had the eye you know, that was yeah. So we said he's basically pulling a Ricky Vaughn and. Going a little cross sport <laughs> action there, and of course, uh, right. any time we can would play that for famous Jameis uh, is a good day. Absolutely, uh, you know, and, and it's something that get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. It's something about those close games last week. That's actually my best of week ten. It's not one sure. player or one team. It was it was some some great. Football, some not so great football in week ten, but it was very close and compelling. And, and you know why you want to watch football every week? You you want good games, you want close games, you want dramatic games, very dramatic, very intense, very hotly contested games. 
And as it turned out, an NFL record, an all-time record for one week, seven different games ending with a game-winning field goal. That's a lot. Only 14 games on the schedule, and half of them end on a last-second field goal. Wow. That was uh, that was a Sunday and Monday, because that counts the Monday night game, too. Uh, for the iHeart football crowd, that was it. That was why you love football. That's why you watch it. Uh, it may not have been flawless. I'm not trying to pretend like it was great football all around, but it was very competitive. Only three games on the entire slate ended in a two-score or more final. And all those other games, 11 games total, were one-score victories. That's that's fabulous, man. That is why, you know, I, and I still fell asleep, but that's just me. But if you're, if you're the type to stay up and try to watch everything, you start in the morning with the, that, that, that awful game in Germany. But you start in the morning, you go all the way through the evening, then you go to Monday night. What you want is compelling football. What you want is compelling television to make you want to stick around and, and watch it. And that's what you got. And I thought it was a great weekend for, for competitive football. Maybe not for great football, but for, definitely for competitive. It was close. A lot of close games. A lot of close not, games. Not a lot of close uh, games. No. Uh, no. I'm going to talk <laughs> about that a little bit later. <laughs> okay. Uh, right now with the worst uh, in week 11 or something else? Uh, no, I, worst of the week, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pick on a team here uh, that is supposed to be ascending to greater things and greater heights and decides to come off of their bye and lay one of the biggest eggs you'll ever see. And I'm talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. What the, what was that? Uh, absolutely just get torched through the air. They, 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 their philosophy is to say they want teams to beat us through the air. Uh, careful what you wish for. <laughs> Brock Purdy, seemingly back from, from his uh, dumplings issues, goes for almost 303 touchdowns, and the defense just completely backwards. They, they get nothing going on the ground. Uh, most of their passing attack was ineffectual, a lot of garbage time stuff, a lot of a lot of people showing up in the box score that just tells you that they weren't really playing, especially late in that game. The backup came in. It's not a pretty game overall for a team that's supposed to be uh, taking control of their division. And now you got Houston breathing down their necks. And Jacksonville, I understand that you're playing the 49ers, and the 49ers are an excellent team. And we're deservingly road favorites, even though we were looking at that one a little like slanted eyed, like, well, wait, wait a minute. What little side eye there? What's going on here? <laughs> but they showed why <laughs> they should have been home dogs. Uh, they're, they're good, but that's one of those not ready for primetime moments. Thank God that game wasn't in primetime, but Jacksonville just gets completely outclassed by the 49ers who now look healthy and boy, what a difference it makes. When that team is firing on all cylinders, they did not look like the lost three in a row. Brock Purdy doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, we should have never traded Trey Lance. It just calm yourselves, folks. Calm yourselves down. The 49ers are fine, but the Jags, they can't do that, especially coming off of a bye. Yeah, not a good look at all. Um, I, I, of course, didn't watch that game specifically, but watching, watching the highlights, I guess I didn't even notice the Jaguars and how bad they were because I thought it was all about the 49ers coming <laughs> off of their bye and showing, okay, this is what we are. We, yeah. we got our mojo back. Um, as I said before the game, it's unfair for Chase Young and Nick Bosa to go tearing around each edge at the quarterback 
that that's, that trade should have been uh, nullified by the commissioner because that's how unfair that was. It's also not fair for Trent Williams to lead block on running back screens because if you saw some of that, that was that's like watching a jumbo jet come around the edge and and bear down on you. Like defensive backs are like running the other way when Trent Williams is coming at them because they're like, I don't I don't have a chance here, so I'm just gonna run uh, away from the play, uh, which I, you you rarely see that, but. That's how unfair it is when the when the 49ers are clicking on all cylinders. Uh, the block the Brock Purdy quick decision making was back. The the Niners suffocate the Jaguars. Uh, that team when everything is working, they're, they're kind of unstoppable. And that's kind of what the story was for me uh, in that game was the Niners getting back on what they're supposed to be doing. The Jaguars, you know, yeah, disappointing and and bad for the league that they're not what they were supposed to be and what, what we thought they might be. Um, but I almost kind of expected, like we saw that we were talking about that schedule, the Jag schedule before the season began and how it's really, really light in most places. And, and it allows them to maybe compile a whole bunch of W's uh, and, and look a lot better than maybe they are. And this is a, a game in which they're playing one of those teams. That's not a team you compile a W on. And that's what it looks like. That, that's that's who the Jaguars are. They're not a, a Super Bowl contender. They are a contender for one of the top spots in the AFC. That's very good. But, like, when you talk about almost real or fake, like, my definition has always been on this show of real or fake. Legitimately can see them in the conference title game. I can't see the Jaguars in the conference title game. I, ne- I really never could. Like, they're not that good. They're, they're, they're all right, but uh, – so I'm not I'm not too surprised at that, and of course, you know, picking yeah. the the Niners uh, in this game, I I knew they were going to come back. I I knew that, and so did you. Yeah, we were you also had the Niners. We were both on that one. We were, yeah. both, you know, even though we looked at that spread, you know, like well, was, they're, they're they're trying to that that was that was trappist time. You know, they're trying to bait you into taking the Jaguars because they're giving this you know six and two team, they're giving them points at home, and you'd seen the recent issues with the Niners, but obviously right. somebody out there is Vegas and these odds makers mm-hmm. still looked at this at, at the Niners as being the more, you know, quote unquote as you would say, real team. Um no, what I'm giving the Jags the worst for is they, they it wasn't even competitive. Yeah. They didn't even you know, show at, up. at home and, and talk about a team that there's the Jags have zero home field advantage. They might have right. the worst home field advantage of any team in football. Um, Ooh, there's reasons so why they ship this team off to London uh, <laughs> twice a year, or Germany, or they, you know, or they even try to say that this might become the permanent London team because there, there, nobody goes to Jacksonville, you know, fearing Duval. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you got to you got to show up a little better than that. I mean, they lost by 31. I don't think they're my worst of the week if they lose by 14. Right, but show no. something. They they showed nothing in that game. Yeah, like so you said, you watched the highlight package. There were no Jags highlights. <laughs> it was not about the Jaguars. It was not the Forty Nineers. It was basically you watched the San Francisco Forty Nineers uh, season recap DVD. Is going to be a whole lot of plays from this game. The twenty twenty three Forty Nineers dominating the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> What was your worst of the week? Putrid football on isolation for the world to see. Look, I, I understand you can't 
You can't control the quality of a game once it's scheduled. But you got to call it what it is. Awful, awful football for the Amazon Prime crowd on Thursday night between the Panthers and the Bears. There's a lot of games that could have fit this as well, uh, the descriptions. I don't know where you thought I was going uh, because isolation for the world to see would also uh, – Describe that Sunday morning game that we def- that we thankfully didn't yep. have to watch because we were doing last week's show. That no, I'm going back to bad. Thursday. I'm going back to Thursday with Carolina and Chicago. Yep. Oh my God! Uh, and for the Sunday morning game in in Frankfurt, uh, you know, for the Fox late afternoon window between the Giants and Cowboys, there's a lot of ways you could go because that Sunday was, night I, I, with the oh Jets and Raiders. Jets, Raiders. Oh my God! Right, these are all like isolated games that you can't get away from like that i'm sure that giants cowboys game was uh on the on the map you know available oh, to 90 yeah, whatever percent of the that. country it was like uh, 95 96 percent mm-hmm. of the country got to watch you know that. basically a murder <laughs> yes terrible this it's the isolation part i guess you can sell it as you, you should get the package and you should be able to uh pay premium to watch right. more you know than what's on but the package doesn't help you Thursday night. The package doesn't help you Sunday morning in Germany. The package doesn't help you Sunday night. Uh, these are just isolated, awful, terrible football games. Uh, and that was the worst to, to week 11. It was just bad football. All these close games, but the games that you had to watch, that you had no choice but to watch, just got off. Terrible. Yeah, I concur. <laughs> this week, better, though. On paper, sure. Well, yeah, we'll be Bob. Hey, we all re- none of those games last week were even good on paper, and they lived up to <laughs> expectation. So at least this week there's a chance. Uh, Baltimore Cincinnati uh, did not get us off to a, got us off to a nice win uh, to start the week. Uh, since you're still doing the show, I'm guessing you did not uh, bet everything you own on the Joe Burrow unders, but that's okay. No, I wish I would have. I didn't even know about the stupid uh, Zapruder film with his uh, See, that's the thing is, I did. Oh. I saw that because there were like all the different things I follow on the X Twitter. And yeah. I don't even follow them because of the things that I look at. The stuff pops up sometimes in the feed. And I saw that there was the story about how the Bengals posted that video, like the, the Pruder film footage of Joe Burrow with the brace. And then they pulled it down. And I was like, oh, oh. So if there's no there there, why pull it down? Um, uh, clearly, there was a there there. Yeah. So I already even knew about that. Um, and I still didn't call you up and, and tell you to you know put a hundy on uh, <laughs> Oh, you sold me out. Yardage on let but, me know. But it's oh. still on paper. And it was still a, a better game. There was at least talent. Uh, you, you know, you were actually other than what Joe Burrow got hurt, but even though the you still got to watch the Ravens play, right? You know, it was, yeah, it was, so, it was it was a depressing W for us Thursday, but uh, but it was still a W. Uh, yeah, just bad for the league. And there's a lot very, of that. Yeah, very very much. Uh, moving on to going back to week ten. That was part of week eleven that we recapped there. Yeah, uh, but going back to week ten, and and you're you're smartest. I'm given a two week award here. Because I talked about last show how something I thought was particularly smart helped inform my pick for one of the games, and then I actually got to see my suspicions, you know, bear fruit. And I'm going to give a two-week smartest of the week award here 
to the Arizona Cardinals for holding out Kyler Murray against the Browns and letting Clayton Toon go out there and basically be the sacrificial lamb. And then last week, you get to see the results of that where he showed up, the legs looked great, he ran them into winning field goal position on doing one of his little, you know, uh, I've seen him compared to, looks like he runs like a toddler when he runs, which is one of the funniest <laughs> things I ever saw, and now I can never unsee it, and he does. <laughs> Having kids, I can tell you, yes, Kyler Murray runs like a little, like a kid running away from his parents, but, but it shows why you, you know, you've got the guy... There's bankable talent there, whether it's going to be that they're going to try to trade him or he's going to somehow still be their future and they can work with him. He showed you there's still something there to work with, and there was zero reason, even if he was 100% healthy, to let him go out and get annihilated by the Cleveland Browns and Miles Garrett. So I've given a two-week cumulative smartest of the week to the Arizona Cardinals, a team we don't talk about in that respect very much. No, definitely not. No, that's very smart. Uh, you talked about it absolutely when it happened, that Clayton Toon was uh, they, they nailed his ass to the cross, didn't they? They said, okay, we are not sending Tyler out there against Miles Garrett and the Browns. Uh, you're going to sit back one more week and, and rest up and, and study that playbook extra long and Clayton Toon, get out there. Yeah, Clayton Toon gives us the best chance to win. Kyler's <laughs> uh, kind of not, not quite ready yet. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he was not in tune as we as we pointed out, and then he and then uh, Kyler Murray comes back last week. Yeah, they, that got me. Um, I thought the Falcons should have destroyed the Cardinals. I thought they were much better on paper. It should have been a romp. You didn't trust the Falcons, and you are dead right. Uh, and I missed Kyler Murray's fast feet and those <laughs> little toddler feet of his. Uh, I, I never saw running like a kid necessarily, but I, oh, I see it when you, you say see him it. go off on a crazy yeah. scramble. Imagine, the, imagine the, I, I forget <laughs> who it was, so I don't get to give the credit because it was not me. It was somebody I saw on the X Twitter who said every time they see him run, it looks like you know he's like a toddler running around. <laughs> and, and now I've never been able to unsee it. You know, like when I was talking about. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire looks like he's afraid of the football, and then somebody apes that from me on <laughs> on Twitter a few weeks later. So I have to yeah, give you know, credit Mac when I yeah yeah she stole that from me. Um, <laughs> so I was talking that. about no, that two three. I was talking about that like two three weeks before <laughs> that got posted because you and I had a whole show that I was devoting that to him, acting yeah. like you know he's afraid of the football when he gets thrown at him. Uh, but yeah, we don't get to call the Cardinals smart very much. So take him when you can, guys. Uh, beer man pulls a hammy and, and your guy, Desmond Ritter, he actually led the go ahead TD drive. He's back. He, he did. Before the Cardinals he did. came back and, and won that thing. The, the Falcons uh, are giving you all the proof of the, if you don't have, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was calling that out when they, when they signed beer man. Um, although he is for a league that lacked any active backups, which we're seeing now, oh, at least boy. he's not trash you know not clayton toon no oh my god he's he's not aiden o'connell or oh, but hang on we'll get there we'll get there uh but first i have to give my smartest of week 10 meathead kneecap biter coach saw his d getting shredded and said i ain't trusting them game's tied at 38 yeah lions lions chargers tied at 38 so clearly stopping the ball was a major problem all day for both teams. They're tied at 38. 
So Buck 47 left in the fourth quarter for those who didn't see exactly how it broke down. Lions have fourth and two at the Chargers 26. Pretty much every coach, past, present, and future, takes the 43-yard field goal to take the lead and says, I'm going to just trust my D to hold that lead with a buck 47 left. And Dan Campbell's like, fuck that. <laughs> I ain't trusting these guys. Um, that would have gave Justin Herbert and the Chargers the ball back for the win. So Dan Campbell goes for it. And Jared Goff hits Sam Laporta for the first down. And three knees later, now we'll kick the field goal and win the game with no time left on the clock and give the Chargers zero opportunity to come back and win it. Brilliant. I, man. Uh, if Detroit didn't get that in field goal range, they'd be filleting Campbell. Uh-huh. He'd be getting grilled all day, but they got it. And he outstayed Staley. And the Lions outlast the Chargers. Absolutely no D being played. And Campbell, give him all the credit for recognizing, man, we ain't playing no fucking defense out there. I'm not letting my D back on yep. the field if I can help it. We're just going to go forward and keep the ball and take knees and run this thing all the way down and get get the win with no time. No time left on the clock. Congrats to the Lions and, and great job and smart move by the meathead coach. I, I was very impressed. I'm not even going to say he outstaled Staley because Brand, Brand Staley just goes for it for the sake of going for it. Like there is actual <laughs> thought behind what Dan Campbell was doing, recognizing that his team had been gashed, given up 38 points already to that point, and, and probably didn't have much left in the tank. Like he, he had the pulse of his team. He saw what was happening, and he decided, I can't let this team get the ball back, and and took and made a really gutsy call. Brandon Staley does not do that. <laughs> Brandon Staley, I, if Brandon Staley did things like that, where he could actually probably give you reasons why he goes for things, you know, like, fourth and six at his own 20 yard. That, that's the kind of stuff <laughs> of legend. Um, and why we, when we talk about the balls of Staley, Dan Campbell did was very situation, situationally aware. Yes. He would be getting roasted if he went for it and didn't make it. But my feeling is he probably would have been able to get up and say exactly why he went for it. Even if they lost like, like, Hey, my defense had nothing left in the tank. These guys were gashing us. We needed to win the game right there. And, you know, I, I trusted my offense, blah, blah, right? He would have said the right things. Brandon Staley, I don't know if Brandon Staley ever has any reasons. He, uh, he's because like me I, picking games sometimes. Uh, you know, just because. <laughs> I just felt like it. So, be, yeah, Because I smart. felt also, like the situation detected, determined. Yeah, isn't that just exactly the kind of game that the Chargers lose? But also. They just find a way. They just find they a find way. They find a way. Yeah. <laughs> Put up 38 and still lose 38 the game. and lost. Only the Chargers. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's just, it, that, was, that was the Chargers right there in a nutshell. 38 points, uh, ready to, you know, sticking it to one of the most like hot up-and-coming teams, and they still find a way to lose. And when Staley does get fired, that'll be the package playing uh, in the B-roll on SportsCenter. It'll be all the fourth and tens from his own 20 and fourth and six and all that. That's just going to be on a loop behind him uh, no matter what. Yeah. So, so uh, he'll, he'll he'll earn that. Uh, you're dumbest. Don't, 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 I'm giving this to every person who created a meme or has put a post out on Twitter or called into any sports talk radio show, specifically in our hometown, who felt the need to point out that Tyson Bajan had more wins than Justin Fields. And that was a thing. 
there were people posting <sighs> with pictures. I'm sure you saw them too. About Tyson Bajan, two wins. Justin Fields, one win. Uh, yes, Chicago is without a doubt the worst <laughs> sports media and fan base for the NFL for quarterbacks. There is always a controversy at the quarterback position. They can never be happy with what they had. They ran the greatest passer in franchise history out of town because he's not tough. And now somebody felt the need to point out that Tyson Bajan had two wins and Justin Fields only had one win. Yeah, stupid, dumb, shut the hell up, whatever you want to say. That whole franchise, I mean, don't just – what is it? I don't understand if it's the mentality or this, you know, defense mentality or Walter Payton or Monsters of the Midway or whatever it is. That team and that city and that fan base just cannot accept anything other than let's just root for the next guy all the time. And, it, yeah, I'm sure you saw those memes and heard those whispers too and yeah. shook your head about the same as I did. So that is my Not dumbest of Ah, yeah, that when team I, I that team's gonna run Justin Fields out of town and then draft somebody and do the exact same thing to that the guy. Exact too. same thing to yeah, Caleb Williams, whoever, yeah, same yeah. thing. Rinse, wash, repeat. Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw a lot of those. I didn't necessarily pay attention to what the memes were saying, but any because any meme I come across or any post on of uh, the Facebook Bears groups that I'm in or the sports talk groups that I'm in. That in any way try to suggest or push forward the the narrative that Tyson Bajan is somehow the better choice at quarterback than just, I just it, I immediately yeah. pat, you know go past it. <laughs> the fact that it even exists. Yeah, I don't even read it. One hundred percent of those people are uh, Caucasian, uh, so I think that's what that has a lot, if not everything, to do with it. Um, I talked about that on the show that you weren't on that. Because uh, that was when a lot of the uh, memes started, when Bajan won that first start that he had. And uh, he's a Grabowski, and he's tough, and he's oh, the guy that's tough, and all of that stuff. Uh, he's oh, not God. Uh, Fields isn't tough like Bajan did. And he, all of that garbage, and his father was an arm wrestler or whatever. And, yeah, You know, but, so, if Bajan was the starter and Fields was the backup, they'd be doing the same thing. Some of them would, but most of them wouldn't, because most of them would just see that this is the guy that we want at center, oh. at, regardless of talent level. This is We see what we think a quarterback is supposed to look like, and that's what we want. It has nothing to do with logic or, or actual talent. So, and, Yeah, I just well, I, I, I saw I'll him. What, him. I, I, I root for a team that sure could use Justin Fields, so we'll take him. <laughs> I'm sure you would. I'd love, to, I'd love to see Justin Fields <laughs> in that Atlanta offense. Oh. On that turf, oh my goodness! That'd be Vic all over again. It'd be DVD reborn. Yeah, this, yeah. Those are so, a lot of a lot of Vic's records that he was going for last year. I, I believe we have a a special guest. Oh, today. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi. How is the show going? It's going good. We're glad to have you on, uh, Grant. Uh, did you get your Pokemon yet? No. Still got time. Uh, you guys are uh, staying home for Thanksgiving, or you're going to see some other family? Are we going to Thanksgiving? <laughs> what do you mean, are we going? Let's turn that off. Yeah, we're, we're going over to your grandma and grandma. 
Yeah, we're going to my grandma and grandpa's. Oh, okay. Two doors down. Well, that's good. I, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, eat all the turkey for me. I will. You too. Have a Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, uh, Mr. Clark, everybody. <laughs> uh, I wasn't trying to stump him there. I was just trying to, you know, make some He's conversation. I just asked, were they were you staying home for Thanksgiving or were you going somewhere? And he just like, yeah. uh, <laughs> we're going we're going to the in laws, so we're walking down the block. Okay. <laughs> so, what, what was your dumbest of the week? Uh, three media opinions all happened this week that were all tied for dumbest uh, of the week for me. Mm, that's hard. And they did they just all happen to come this week, so it was you know perfect timing. I, I did I didn't think these were the worst media takes of all time. I want to preface that, but just all three made me roll my eyes as soon as I heard them. You know the type of take that as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh whatever. Wait, <laughs> is this the, like is a... just the Tyson Bajant needs to study, <laughs> or, or or Justin Fields should study Tyson Bajant film? Yeah, and you just roll your eyes and go, come on, man, yeah. what the hell? Um. Justin Fields or Tyson Bajan were not involved in any of these opinions, believe it or not. These are because oh. the media is not quite that dumb. They're not trying to say that, you know, except for Collinsworth, and I gave him his proper uh, award for that. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, these uh, do not involve uh, the Chicago Bears. Number one. No! Oh! Josh Dobbs for MVP. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Uh, well, the, the, I, I, all right. I'm going to put that right up there. With, and I'm going to be wildly unpopular with this one. I am not on board with the DeMar Hamlin for comeback player of the year. He doesn't play. Correct. <laughs> he barely, but they, they, they deactivate him because he's not one of the four best safeties on the team. But it's a great story. But no, he doesn't play. Right. He showed up it's in the game. The they made a big deal and put a heart article out there because he, he showed up and got one tackle. Oh, look, I, I understand it's a great story, but he's not the comeback player of the year. <laughs> Maybe of life. Right. But yeah, OK, I, I digress. That one tackle might get him in the Hall of Fame someday. He came back from a debilitating heart injury to have one tackle in a game. <sighs> and that makes him a Hall of Famer. Um, Anyway, Josh Dobbs for MVP. The Vikes were squeaking out W's before Dobbs ever arrived. Uh, they haven't lost since Justin Jefferson hit IR after week five. That's got nothing Which to do with so Dobbs strange. either. That's yeah. so weird. They're just trying to make a narrative. Uh, number two, uh, on the exact same spectrum. No! I love Stroud. I just gave him my best. CJ Stroud for MVP. Come on. Oh, rookie of the yeah. year? Absolutely. He's- He's five. They're five and four. The Texans are five yeah. and four. MVP. Yeah. Y'all just figured out he was good last week. Just, just let him be rookie of the year, and be and be good with that. Don't get out over your skis. He's he's not the he's not the league MVP. Come on. He's, and I love the guy, obviously. But come on, give me a break. And number three. Oh! The Christian McCaffrey scoring record controversy. You did you hear about all that? No, I missed that one. Oh, George Clooney. George Clooney. You've been reading about all that? You've been seeing that? George Clooney. So McCaffrey was tied uh, going into last week's uh, the, the destroying of the Jaguars. He was tied for the most games, including playoffs, with a touchdown 
uh, from scrimmage with 17, 17 games in a row that Christian McCaffrey has scored a touchdown, right? So they're killing the Jaguars. It's 34 to three. And the Niners tried to get McCaffrey a touchdown several times, running and throwing down there near the goal line, fourth down, third down, fourth, whatever. Uh, and he couldn't get in. The Jaguars stopped him. They, he couldn't ex- extend his, his scoring record or he couldn't break the tie that he had. It was the hardest uh, they played all day. <laughs> the hardest the Jaguars played all day. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe the, the amount of people that had a problem with the Niners trying to get McCaffrey. To it's pro football. If you don't want him to get the record, stop him from getting the record which is what the Jaguars did. So congrats yeah. to them. I mean, this wasn't but like yeah, that... Brett Favre laying down for the sack. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a whole other uh, conversation. No, this was like they, they were basically treating the Niners like they were a, a high school bully beating up on little sisters of the poor. So they, get the fuck out of here. This is pro football. Stop the guy. You don't want him to get the record and stop him, which they did. Correct. So that that should have been the end of it right there. But there were some people trying to – like I said, these weren't the worst or craziest yeah. uh, takes of all time. But they all three Those of them, when I heard takes, them, were just though. like, no. what? No. Josh Dobbs no. is not the MVP. In fact, Josh Dobbs could be comeback player of the year. That, that he's more qualified <laughs> than MVP. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Um, and, no, C.J. Stroud is not the MVP. Um, no, I mean, hey, come back in a month. And if they're, you know, if they win three out of their next four and he keeps playing the way he's playing, he, he might earn some votes, but he's not the MVP. If, if they're better than five and four, yes. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you come back and they're, you know, nine and six, or they, hey, maybe that bottom of the AFC is wide open for playoff berths. If he, I mean, if, if C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans can somehow sneak into a playoff berth, all right, we'll have a conversation. Might be a short conversation, but we'll have at least a conversation. There's no conversation right now. No, my point is none of these people knew who the hell he was two weeks ago. Like, stop it. All right. I know because uh, I'm a fantasy player, but that's about it. And I know because I just saw that that magic. Yeah. You know, you see a guy and you got okay, he's got it. That's that he's got it. That, that's what I saw a couple of weeks ago. And he's feeling uh, so, it right now. He's at that high point that all rookies go through. Don't forget, this is the same guy who lost to the Panthers two weeks ago. <laughs> MVP. MVP. <laughs> uh, okay. You're uh, the biggest surprise of Week 10. Hey, what get, happened? A pleasant surprise. Because this is not in a me, me, me league. It's all about me. Hey, look at me. I was pleasantly surprised. It warmed my heart to hear the story of David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> where David Montgomery basically takes himself out of the game and asks Jameer Gibbs, hey, do you want this touchdown? And because it was a one-yarder, and that's what Montgomery's been scooping up. And he asks Gibbs, hey, you want this one? And he lets Gibbs go in there. And wouldn't you know it, Gibbs goes in, rushes in the touchdown. You never – with all the money and the look at me and all that stuff that you have, I bet your fantasy players didn't like it. But in a league that's, you know – very narcissistic. All sports leagues are narcissistic, but to to basically have the the veteran go to the rookie and say, "Hey, no, you take this one in," was a pleasant surprise. I'm giving this to David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. That's good. That's, that is very rare to uh, to see that in in professional sports. Uh, what just happened in the uh, baseball playoffs? Something similar. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to forget the names, but somebody was having a historic postseason game. They were like five for five at the plate and it was a blowout. So they, uh, someone got pinch hit for them. Uh, now I remember the guy that got 
that that got the pinch hit it was Jace Peterson because I remember like that guy is on a playoff team, but uh, I forget who the maybe it was Tommy Pham. I I, I believe it was Tommy Pham of the uh, Diamondbacks it was five for five, and all of a sudden in a, in a blowout at the end of the game in the ninth inning, you see instead of him getting a chance to go six for six and, and set a record of some sort, you see Jace Peterson pinch hit for him, and only after the game, only the next day, did it come out that Tommy Pham actually went to the manager and said, my, let, it's a blowout. Let my guy get a playoff at bat, my guy, Jace Peterson. And and he volunteered to sit down and give up his at bat instead of taking the, the sixth at bat and trying to set a record. So yeah, that, that's very rare. It's uh, you, you don't hear that or you don't see that very often as, you know, like you said, in all these uh, incentives and contracts and, you know, I got to get my numbers and I got to get my stats uh, no matter what, so I can get paid. Uh, yeah, it's very good to, to see that. Very, uh, very different. Uh, very, very refreshing. Uh, my biggest surprise of Week Ten, going back to uh, C.J. Stroud, but talking about the opponent, the Cincinnati Bengals, the shorthanded Bengals, who go for 400 yards of offense, and it's not enough. Yeah, that was a big surprise to me. I laughed out loud on the show last week at the thought of Trenton Irwin and a hobbled Jamar Chase being the catalyst for the Cincinnati Bengals offense. And God damn it, what happened? Trenton Irwin and Jamar Chase go out there and get it done for the Bengals. Uh, they were absolutely the catalyst. Joe Burrow, in his, as it turned out, his last game before he would uh, go down, uh, was, was somehow putting forth the performance and getting the Bengals in position to win that game. And it still wasn't us. C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans took him down anyway. Now, again, Stroud for MVP is a hilarious talking point, but but he's doing great. He's just, you know, just appreciate that. Um, and now, of course, we're not saying all of this if, if Tyler Boyd holds on to the ball in the end. Man, I'm sure you saw that. What a, what a horrible drop. Oh, right there for the, for the touchdown, and it just bobbles and pops it up in the air and couldn't come down with it, so – uh, we're not talking about them coming up short, if not for that. But the fact is, it was still a surprise that the Bengals did even what they did uh, without T. Higgins on the field, with Jamar Chase clearly nursing a bad back and, and just kind of gutting it through anyway. Um, that was a surprise, that the Bengals were actually able to to put up that much offense. And then it, it turns out they they come up short anyway, because uh, I guess C.J. Stroud and the Texans are, are just magic, and C.J. Stroud's the MVP, right? Yeah, quick quick sideways story about that game. Also sort of a secondary stupidest of the week, even though I hate to pick on people I don't know. So my wife in her survivor pool uh, had the Bengals last week. Oh. That's what I told her to take, and they, there was one other team, uh, one other person, and there, there was four people left. So four people left in this survivor pool. The four teams that get picked are Bengals, Bengals, Bills, and Cowboys. Oh. So it's over. Yeah. Except when you pick the Cowboys twice. Uh, oops. Yeah. Can't do that. So DQ for picking the same oh. team twice, which means everybody else gets to move on to the next <laughs> week, even though they all had losers. Have you ever seen that before? No. no. How do you let that happen as the, the commissioner I, of the thing? I like, don't you know. You should even accept that. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody's – we're just like, oh, this is over. And then, sure enough, you're looking back through the list. You're like, wait a minute. Upon further review. (laughs) Yeah. So, DQ'd in a survivor pool for having the same team twice. 
that's the whoever's running the pool's fault. I run my survivor pool at my job, which doesn't go yeah. nearly this many so weeks. So somebody does that, you're like, no, you can't do that. Yeah, I just no, you can't pick them. Pick somebody right. else. Yeah, but I'll, that that I'll, was just deemed after the fact. It was caught after the fact, so they said, no, you're out. Oh wow, that's so, crazy. <laughs> so everybody who lost in the survivor pool gets to keep going. They get to come back, but not the disqualified, not the disqualified person. They're just out. Right, they're out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm getting a, a vibe of hmm, maybe they didn't tell him on purpose because they didn't like him. Maybe they wanted oh, him to be hey, disqualified. Oh, who knows? Oh, you got a foil hat going. Yeah, just I don't know. Just I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Uh, so that was my surprise. Uh, oh, I'm, I wanted to briefly mention about again one more C.J. Stroud point. I kind of love that Stroud screwed up and had a bad INT up 10 points to let the Bengals back in the game. Yeah. Because that's, sure that's how you grow. Yes. That's how you get better is making those mistakes and going, the next time he gets in that position, he's going to let that, he's going to think about letting that throw go. And his, his body is going to make him check up and say, Oh, uh-uh, don't do that. Cause that's what you did last time. Yeah. when you fucked we up saw, and let the other team back in the game. We saw somebody so else you, do that. And learn. it cost him the game. Lamar. <laughs> oh, Oh my goodness, yeah. Uh, no. Tell so yeah. no, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on to your, uh, your letdown. Of, of the my week. letdown is more of an overall letdown, but the injury bug, most specifically at the quarterback position, is really mm-hmm. highlighting the lack of talent at the quarterback position that we have in the league right now, and that is a major letdown. When you can go up and down the list of games and see that we've got, oh my God, let's see, Aiden O'Connell versus Zach Wilson. We've got the Giants throwing out Danny DeVito. The the Falcons can't field a quarterback. Uh, The Jags and the Niners, okay. Pittsburgh, Green Bay, great. They had their guys in there. Um, You know, uh, Tyson, Bajant, and Bryce Young, terrible. You know, uh, Gardner Minshew versus Mac Jones. Even Josh Dobbs versus Carr and Famous Jameis and Will Levis and it, the list just keeps going on and on. Sam Howell, it, oh, it, it's so bad right now. And I don't know if it's just I remember things more fondly, but there are barely even league average backups in the league right now. And I don't know if it's the money. I don't know if it's throwing all the superstar money at, at one player or if it's the lack of talent coming out of college because they, they talk all these guys up or if it's the systems or I don't know what it is right now that is causing uh, this, this dearth of talent at that position that is, it's making games unwatchable. And that's a big letdown yeah. when we're you know, heading into, you know, playoff, fever and the seedings and division titles and wild, you know, home field and the wild card chase. And we're going to watch some really, really awful football to get there. (sighs) Yeah. Unfortunately, you're right. And it only gets worse uh, this past Thursday night with uh, with Joe yeah. Burrow going down, and now Joe Burrow with... lose Deshaun Watson. To... Say what you will about about Deshaun Watson, he's not DTR. Oh God, no, <laughs> he's not even PJ Walker. Um, yeah, it, I, I guess my one theory that just popped in my mind when you talked about why all the bad play among the backup quarterbacks now, uh, it might not make sense, but this is just what popped in my mind real quick. 
I think there's so many wannabe future genius offensive coordinators and coaches now that you can't get a backup in there just running a normal offense, just trying to get through to the right. next game or something like that. Everyone's got to have their special packages and their newfangled plays, and they got to fool the opponent, and we got to run this uh, re- double reverse flea flicker. I, I really think that might be uh, the problem is that there's just too many specialized coaches trying to show off their geniusness and yeah. just get in there and, and run a system, just run a regular system and get out of there. You're not trying to you know throw for 500 yards every game. Just you know, get get the guys in there and do what you can and get out. Do what the, the Vikings had to do with Josh Dobbs. They couldn't run all that stuff because he didn't know the damn plays. And what happened? Yeah. They won the game. Well, I, I'll tell you. Here, here's here's uh, Exhibit A for how I know this to be true about these horrible decisions the teams are making every time a quarterback gets hurt and the backup is trash the list of guys who are just sitting at home doing nothing is better than the list of guys who are the backups yeah you go some of these backups that you've actually seen have some success in the nfl and they're at home yeah and then you got all these kids in there they're like oh he's he's terrible i I would I, I mean, if the phone is ringing for, for Flacco or Fitzmagic or for any of these guys. they got to be better than Danny DeVito. they got to be better than what you had. Why are these guys not NFL backups? If they're too expensive, I get it. Maybe they priced themselves out of the league. Cam Newton did that. But the phone's ringing. These guys are all at home, and you've got trash backups, and your seasons are torpedoed over it. And then you've got coaches like Robert Sala, who are just so intransigent with Zach Wilson. That, oh, he's our God. guy, and oh my God! You know, <laughs> so it. some of that's some of that's just yeah. There you go. Word of the day: intransigent. Um, <laughs> so these guys are just so full of themselves too, and the ego that, like you said, that oh, I can win. I can I can win with anybody. No, you can't. Yeah, we're not going to pay our backup QB three or four million when we can we can draft a kid seventh round out of Campbell College for seven hundred thousand <laughs> out of Shepherd. <laughs> Shepherd, Shepherd. <laughs> some undrafted kid who's. Dad was uh, an arm wrestler or something or other, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, there's boy. a lot. I always remember Duck Boy. <laughs> oh, Doug Dodges. Oh my goodness. Uh, anyway, the uh, where am I at? The letdown. What let uh, you down? I'm going to retire this award in honor of the 2023 Buffalo Bills. I'm telling you. Mm. Um, uh, you know, they clearly didn't want to start the game uh, Monday night uh, with. Uh, the running back Cook, uh, James Cook, stripped on the very first play of the game. Clearly, you don't want to start like that. Then Project almost gets picked to start the second drive, uh, and eventually does get picked in that second drive. Very ominous beginning. You, like I had the feeling that the the freaking Broncos are going to win that game uh, very early on, and, and that's exactly what wound up happening. Um, and by the time Corlin Sutton hit that uh, sick toe drag swag for the touchdown and gave Denver a nine nothing lead, it, it felt like panic time for the Bills at that point. Uh, and, and sloppy play, just they committed to the run eventually, but it was just sloppy all around them. Um, and, and Denver does eventually their their running defense is going to crack, as as we know, watching them against Miami. Um, eventually, they do crack to let the Bills take the lead, and then Denver sprints their field goal uh, team out there for Will Lutz to slices the field goal. So of course, the Bills have twelve men on the field, and Denver gets to kick it again and, and win the game yeah. uh, on the on the last second field goal. All of that clearly was Ken Dorsey's fault. So he gets fired as the uh, offensive coordinator. 
clearly all his fault. Well, this is great because I'm going to say the exact same thing that you just said in slightly different <laughs> words for my struggling. Oh, there it is. <laughs> we we do that a lot. We have the exact same awards. Uh, uh, yeah. For the exact same thoughts for different awards. So. Right. Struggling. The, the Buffalo Bills. Is this perfect because it's letting us down, but they're also boy. It, it, we talk about that struggle session. And that is everything with the Bills. Nothing looks right with the Bills. Uh, their defense has given up DPIs to, to blow the game. They're getting caught with too many men on the field when the other team blows the field goal. At least at least Buffalo sneaks off with a win, as they should have. But oops, we nah, can't nah, get our nah. guys off the field nah, in time. And then <laughs> we do all that. Our defense blows. Our special teams is – we fire the offensive coordinator. Make it all make sense. Fault. Make it make sense. Um, so we'll see I, I if they get any kind of a boost from that. But that that's not – is that going to stop the arm punts? Is that going to stop the <laughs> lack of efficiency in the running game? Uh, is that going to make Stephon Diggs happy? I, I don't know. Uh, things are a mess in Buffalo right now. I don't know. Uh, Ask uh, Diggs' brother. Will that make him happy? I don't know. And, 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 you know and, and, again, what is this really hiding? It's hiding the fact that their defense is beat to hell and right. missing – all of its core pieces and the offense is not able to make up for that lack. You know, when, when Buffalo was top five defense and they were smothering people and making short fields and turning people over, it made, you know, that offense was able to operate and front run and do all the things that it's like any offense would, you know, but then especially an offense with that much talent, they have no running game. Uh, they're probably, you know, I hate to say it, they might be missing Devin Singletary. Never thought I'd say that. Um, right. And James Cook is clearly not a bell cow type back. He's not the guy. They are, they're vitally struggling. They are still in playoff contention, but they are rapidly falling out. And their schedule after this week is, and even with this week, because they just can't do anything with the Jets. Um, <laughs> their schedule is rough coming up. Yes, and if they don't figure this out and figure it out quick, they could be staring at 7 and 10 this year. Mm. Well, they would have never sad. seen that coming. It's yeah. cuz you know, especially for you who had one of the Super Bowl. <laughs> it was not like I have a, you know, a lot of money on it or anything. It's just right. You, they're one of the few decent organizations out there and they're playing like that. That's the thing. No, There's not I, that I many it. teams that have the ability to be better. They have the ability to be better, and they're just not. So, and we saw uh, it. With, 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 what know. they did to Miami several weeks ago mm-hmm. was what we should be getting from the Bills every week. They have the. They're struggling. Ability. So we we doubled That's up there. So so who's your Joe? Uh, my Joe. We're on to Cincinnati. Is actually Bill. Uh, Go coach. He, he's got. He's got no answers. No. He's got no answers. Mac Jones is so abominable in Germany that Belichick gets the Sandman cane on the final drive versus the Colts uh, and lets Bailey Zappi have a shot at the miracle comeback. And he responds with an INT yeah. to, to seal it for the Colts. Uh, it, the not INT only that responds was, with an INT, it was a fake, fake spike into like <laughs> quadruple coverage, which was even better. So nobody – like I'm throwing this no matter what. <laughs> It was so bad that uh, former Patriot Jason McCourty on NFL Network called it, quote, a throw into a team meeting of the Indianapolis Colts, unquote. <laughs> Dude. Was yeah, so, go. <laughs> so many guys waiting for that ball. Nobody <laughs> fell for anything. 
<laughs> Four guys trying to make a fair catch. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah, go coach. He's got to feel totally helpless. Uh, there's just nothing that he can do. Um, just so desperate to, to insert Bailey Zappi. And then he's probably going to go back to Mac Jones, although I don't know how he could, but he doesn't have a choice because Zappi's no good either. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, just awful. Uh, that might be the worst quarterback game in the entire year. When you think about all the horrible quarterback games oh. in 2023, that might have been the worst. Wait, worse, worse than the Clayton Toon or Danny DeVito game? Oh, you're talking about both sides? Yeah, I'm talking about cumulative between Minshew uh, uh, yeah. Mania. Yeah, because uh, they weren't was... much better. They were not much better. No. One, there was one touchdown scored in that whole game, very reminiscent of the Jets-Raiders um, game. There was one touchdown in that game, too. Yeah, it was it was terrible. We were, I was looking up at that game as we were doing our show, and just every time I looked up, it was something terrible. And, and oh, yeah, they're yakking, terrible. they're yakking short field goals. and, and yeah, Mac Jones is throwing chest was... passes like he's in, uh, in, the, in the NBA. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing redeemable about that game. No, And I'm sure the people not. in – Germany or wherever the hell they were just loved it. <laughs> Yay sports. Well, they, they loved the game the week before. This one, not so much. Mm. All right. Time for your Danielle. Well, thanks to breaking news and because of the way I do my award, which means that my football week starts as soon as the game kicks off on Thursday night. We had a a, a, a news item sneak in before the wire on Thursday <laughs> about one Carissa Thompson. <laughs> and, you know, you and I had a couple of things to say about just the sort of the banality of sideline reporting. And here it is, folks. It's the cherry on top when you can have sideline reporters. And, and I don't know, maybe credit for her and, she feels very secure with where she is in her career. She's got the desk job now. She doesn't have to do the sideline gig anymore. Yeah, she's but, got the bag. Right. She pretty much just goes out and says, I, 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 made, I made stuff up. Didn't say she made it all up, but goes on to then give the exact reason why the sideline reporting is so stupid, because any everything they say is just, it's canned. It, it's the, you know, it's coach speak. Or players speak. You're, you're never going to get anything interesting or that's going to add to the broadcast. If you just completely got rid of all the sideline reporters, nothing nothing would change in the care. Nothing ever good happens from those. I mean, sure, after the game, you know, we get like some Richard Sherman, Aaron Andrews type moments maybe, but that, those are few and far between. Yeah. The, the halftime, well, I talked to the coach, and he said, we need to be better on third down. Yeah, I could absolutely really? see you just making that up. And her point was, nobody's going to call me out on it because what I'm saying is so bland and generic and boring that, that no coach is going to call me out for saying, you know, that we need to be better on third down or we need to get more pressure on the quarterback. So kind of good on her for being honest at the same time, also pointing out how stupid this whole thing of sideline reporting in general is. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was, I can't say it because you know, kids are upstairs, but yeah. <laughs> WTF, WTF bad it, on many levels. Uh, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. It would be different if they were like getting real news to uh, affect what we're watching or, or give real updates. But when game after game after game, you see a guy get his leg snapped the wrong way like a Joe Theismann. <laughs> his return is unlikely. 
And the sideline reporter comes back with his return is questionable. His return is questionable. <laughs> That's right. His return is unlikely. <laughs> Wait, Demar That's... Hamlin's return is unlikely? Are you what? <laughs> when you when you come back and tell me somebody's return is questionable, you're literally saying nothing because Correct. you're saying what... he might return yeah. or he might not. We already know he might return or he might not. That's nothing. Right. Nothing. Or, or... Or any of the – I talked to the coach coming out of the tunnel, uh, and, and he says that uh, we need to be better on offense if we're going to cut into this 30 to nothing deficit. <laughs> we need to run the ball better and play better defense. Yeah, of course you made all that up because it's the same shit that they always say. <laughs> so all the sideline reporters that chime in on the ex-Twitter oh, defending themselves oh, as if you know, they had been – like you have – you have besmirched the good name of all sideline reporters. Shut up. All of you, just shut up. You're useless. They're trying to protect their bag. I get that. Yeah. But that was funny to see every last one of them <laughs> running to their defense. Like, this is such a terrible thing. If it was that ter- first of all, if it was that terrible, she'd lose her job that she has immediately. And she, I don't think she's going to lose that. People don't know how much box. work that we oh. put into saying canned BS. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is for us to find a coach to tell us that they need to be better running the ball and better on defense? And that somebody's return is questionable, even though their foot is hanging off their leg. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that was a WTF. That, that, that's for sure. Uh, so my Danielle. Let me get this straight. The Cleveland Browns, down 14 in the fourth quarter, after giving up 17 in the first quarter, and seven of them on a Deshaun Watson pick six. They fight all the way back for a 33-31 to victory over the Baltimore Ravens. Watson battles through that messed up shoulder and a bad ankle to go perfect. Not just battled through and played okay. He was perfect in the second half. 14 for 14, ran for two, and scrambled around uh for a two-point conversion, he, he probably his best effort as a Brown yeah, in a lot of ways. He looked back in a way. He turned the clock back and looked like a, a, the Houston Texans, uh, Deshaun Watson. He was excellent. And then three days later, it's revealed that the shoulder injury is now a broken bone, which requires surgery, and he's out for the year. Yeah. The fuck? And he's he's just done nothing, nothing about this injury ever pass a smell test, ever. I still don't know what the truth is. I would love a sideline review. Laura Oakman, baby, please tell me what the real deal is going on here because I don't understand how a guy can push this injury so that he can't get on the field and his team keeps clearing him. Now you're good. Our doctor said you're good. Go ahead. Go. Right. Go ahead. Dr. Lamar looked at you and he said you're good. Yeah, go ahead and play. And Watson keeps saying, no, just don't feel right. Don't feel right. So then he finally – puts his nose to the grindstone and, and grinds it out and plays and plays his ass off and leads an incredible comeback victory over your hated rival, the Ravens. And then all of a sudden it's just, you got to have surgery. It's, it's over. Your shoulder's going to be uh, going to be a risk of permanent damage. If you don't get surgery that's, right now, got to go. What I saw. Yeah. Like one what? wrong hit and his shoulder might disintegrate. What? What? Huh? So he should have never he, been playing in the first place. Then if it was oh, that bad. Oh, Oh, really? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> what the fuck? Nothing about that whole situation made sense. The it was whole good thing... enough for you to show up and beat the Ravens. Now get, get out of here. Uh, no, no, got to get surgery. It's over. It's all over. 
That whole thing was what was. If he was that fun. banged up, and it was this was that bad, and because there were there were the negative articles coming out trying to trash him earlier in the season, saying, "Oh yeah, he can play. He's holding himself out." And now we found out he's got a broken bone in his shoulder, and it could be you know permanently disabling if he takes the wrong hit. And now he needs surgery. One of these things is not true. Exactly. It's a WTF on his side. Either he was jaking it and taking the guaranteed money and saying, nah, I got a hangnail. I don't feel like it, which is what I thought he was doing. Or right. he was severely injured and the doctors were like, he's good. Put some bubble gum on it. Go out oh, there. Yeah, it, Put yeah, some dirt on it. He hurt his back. Um, oh, oh, we got another uh, Tua. He hurt his he's back. Wearing he's wearing a wrist brace, around. but he's not on the injury report. Are, are we really mm. saying that the NFL is not on the up and up when it comes to injuries? No. Mm. Could be. Could be the same lead that tells their sideline <laughs> reporters that the guy's got his foot hanging off and he's questionable to return. <laughs> he's questionable to return. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> um, well, as you got anything else about week 10, we should no. move on and, and make our picks uh, for, for week 11. Um it is, uh, of course, the uh, week eleven pick. I'm looking for the uh, for for our drop that you gave me, but I forgot what you put it under. I am LD LD. Oh, okay. I'm, I don't know why I was going down to like P or something. Uh, there it is. Our our picks in in much less detail. Or now let's talk about some games in more detail. In more detail. Uh, but first, I have to give our plugs so you can know where to listen to the show. And so come back yeah. for those picks and in more detail. I will be right back. So if you don't hear me <laughs> back right away, uh, expound a little bit. Gotcha. Uh, in a couple of minutes. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason's on Twitter too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you can get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, Come back to the show page and go through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. We've got 13 games left to pick in week 11. We started off week 11 Thursday night with a victory 
picking the Ravens over the Bengals as three-and-a-half-point favorites. They blow them out by 14, uh, aided greatly by the Bengals losing their starting quarterback, who apparently came into the game kind of hurt, but you wouldn't know it by looking at the injury report, and then you could see as he threw the ball, uh, complete agony and clearly a, a seriously injured wrist, and it would turn out that it would be a season-ending uh, injury to his wrist. So very uh, disappointed to see that. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, let's get ready for the rest of week 11. Four teams on by, the Falcons, Colts, Patriots, and Saints, uh, which is probably good for the league because none of those four teams are very entertaining right now. Uh, let's go to the AFC North to start things off with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns, who are both 6-3. and three. Steelers 2-1 and one at home, and the Browns are 4-1 and one on the road. Uh, a lot of News for the Steelers, they finally, I guess before last week's game, uh, decided to go with Jalen Warren as their starting running back over Najee Harris. So finally Mike Tomlin acknowledged what all of us had been seeing, which is uh, Warren has definitely got the more explosive ability between the two. He was sick of seeing Najee Harris go for three yards and fall down. Um, They got injury situations. They're going to be down two safeties, Keanu Neal and Mika Fitzpatrick, uh, but they should get their tight end, Pat Fryer, moved back from his hamstring injury. And, of course, for the Browns, goodbye to Sean Watson and his mysterious season-ending injury. Hello, DTR. They, Kevin Stefanski actually announced and decided that he will choose to start Dorian Thompson-Robinson at quarterback today and going forward over P.J. Walker, which I guess says a lot about P.J. Walker. I don't know. Uh, in any event, uh, the Browns, with all of that, incredibly are still favored. They are one-and-a-half-point favorites against the Steelers. <laughs> Right, they'll probably outgain the Steelers. Oh, the Steelers have gotten like the Packers every did. game, just like the Packers did. Uh, no, I, I'm I'm okay here, starting DTR, and I'll tell you why. He's the unknown, you know that he did show a lot in the preseason. Start the unknown, and then have PJ Walker, sort of in the bullpen, versus the other way. If you start PJ Walker. And it goes off the rails. You can't you bring gotta in. You got to go to DTR. Right, correct. So uh, let him start the game. See what you've got. Maybe get into a rhythm. Pittsburgh is banged up. He did show a lot in the preseason. You've got that world class, best in the league defense behind you. They can light up anybody. They can score fourteen on their own. So I'm okay with this, and that's why I'm taking the Browns. Wow. Okay. Uh, you're almost, it almost sounds like you're advocating for like a, an opener, like a like a Craig Council type move. Just go with the opener and have a, the guy in the bullpen ready to come in for the opener after it two, just, two it, or three throws. To me, psychologically, for the kid, it makes more sense. Like you know what PJ Walker is, and he would be comfortable, I think, coming into a game that maybe starting to get a little bit out of hand. Versus PJ Walker goes in there, he's trash. They're down three <laughs> touchdowns, and what, what do you do now? Okay, I, I understand this move. I guess I'll agree uh, on the premise that why not give this kid uh, as much time to see if he develops into anything at all. You know what P.J. Walker is going to develop into, which is nothing. So you might as well right. see what you got here. <laughs> my, but my issue with it is you're six and three. Like all your other yeah. veterans sitting around there, like Miles Garrett, I'm sure, wants the, the proven quantity at quarterback instead of trying to throw this kid out there and having to – uh, now the defense knows they have to win every game by themselves. Right. They're not we saw have him against Baltimore. It wasn't pretty. Uh, we did. Um, and uh, 
week two, Monday night, these two teams played uh, at Pittsburgh. Uh, of course, the Steelers got outgained and won anyway, because that's what they do. Uh, 26-22. That was the game. Poor Cleveland lost Nick Chubb for the game and uh, for the uh, year in that game, rather. That game was sickening. Uh, it was. They gave up two defensive TDs and a wild one. It was, uh, the, again, the Steelers' offense didn't win that game for them, which they almost never do. Uh, but they still won anyway. For, uh, for this one, uh, the Steelers keep getting breaks. They, they get DTR, QB. They, they just, the, the schedule sets up so well for the Steelers. They always seem to get backup QBs. They always just seem to find a way. Uh, will Miles Garrett will the Browns to victory despite the QB? I guess that's the big question and the big difference. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to agree with you and take the Browns and give the one. It feels really dirty what? to give it points does, you, you, with that the quarterback. I, the way I gave it, I thought you were disagreeing with me, but you're like, oh, geez, I can't believe you did that. I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> I, I can't believe you did that, and I concur. Oh, I took your pick. <laughs> I can't believe you did that, man. That was my pick. <laughs> All right, Chicago, Detroit. Let's see if you take this uh, our pick from me here. Uh, Chicago at three and seven. Detroit at seven and two. Bears one and four on the road. Detroit three and one at home. Of course, the big news in this one is Justin Fields returning for the Bears at quarterback uh, from his dislocated thumb. So two different. Quarterbacks giving the thumbs up, coming back up. We got all the quarterbacks going down and getting hurt, but at least two are getting uh, their thumbs in in good shape and coming back. We'll hear from the other one later uh, in L.A. Uh, But for this one, Fields returns. Doesn't really matter for the spread much. Uh, Bears are plus seven and a half at the Lions. That that line has moved so much. Uh, I picked it last night at seven and a half. Went Went back to it this morning. It was at nine and a half. And now here we are again at seven and a half. So this line just keeps, woo, it's a rubber banding all over the place. Um, the the chart crazy. I looked at these lines print. this morning too. Yeah, it's crazy. It's all over. It all takes us some money to move it, right? Uh, yeah. The Chargers showed you the blueprint on how you hang with the Lions, right? <laughs> you, you just, you have to be able to shoot out with them. And I think that the Bears can move the ball against the Lions, although they do, you know, and Justin Fields brings that added element, and maybe he was watching some Tyson Bagent film, but I don't think he was watching enough. <laughs> uh, I don't think the Bears are capable of shooting out with Detroit. Uh, they're rolling right now, and I'm going to take the Lions and give the points. Yeah, no trust in, in Justin Fields, his very first game back. Fields, uh, you know, being a Bears fan, I'm a very close observer of Fields, it doesn't matter what time of year, whether it's the beginning of the year, the middle of the year, it, he always struggles his first few games. He, he, he always takes time to ramp up. Um, and then when it's the, in the season, like you take the first seven or eight games, it seems like his, his move to, to figure out what he's doing. And then the second half of the year, he's going crazy and, and setting all these records. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not going to trust him his very first game back, especially when the Bears are saying he's not 100%. Uh, but he's their better bet than than Secret Bajan Man. So they, they they're kind of shoving him out there, like almost like the uh, the Deshaun Watson thing. Hopefully it's not quite that severe. Uh, but they, the management already uh, admit. I don't, I don't remember if that was the GM uh, Ryan Poles or somebody else, but they already said, yeah, uh, Fields isn't 100, percent but he's good enough. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's not good enough for me. I will concur and take Detroit. Give the seven and a half. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are up there in your neck of the woods, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Chargers are four and five. Packers three and six. Chargers two and two on a row. Packers two and two at home. Packers will get their linebacker Quay Walker back from his groin injury. Jair Alexander uh, looks like he might return as well from his shoulder injury. 
Uh, in this one, the Clippers are actually the favorite on the road. They are minus three at the pack. Uh, yeah, and, you know, it's funny because you hear all the anti-Jordan Love narrative. Jordan Love is trash. Uh, all those receivers drop everything. Um, <laughs> they, they, they've got to lead the league in drops across multiple positions. And it's, these are mostly the same guys that Aaron Rodgers had last year, minus Lazard, minus Cobb. Uh, Packers are three and That's... six. You know what the record was last year after nine games with Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> three and six. Yeah. Same. So I don't understand the narrative play. Uh, the Packers' offense played just fine against Pittsburgh. They just couldn't stop the run. I mean, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren were abusing and using that Packers, that Joe Barry defense. Like You couldn't see that coming. Apparently they were afraid of Kenny Smallhands. <laughs> now they're at home. They get the West Coast team coming up to Green Bay. It's going to be chilly. It's going to be cold. I'm actually going to take the Packers here. And this isn't a pro-Packers play. This is an anti Clipper Chargers play because nobody finds ways to lose like the Chargers as a road favorite in Lambeau. I'm not buying it. I'm taking the Packers. Uh, Maybe smells pushy, but no, I'm taking the Packers here. I think they're going to win this one. It's your favorite coach, Staley. I figure you're going against that. Uh, Yeah, if the Packers don't lead the league in drops, it'll be the Jaguars for sure. (laughs) No, they don't. They lead the league in one foot in (laughs) bounds. It's not a drop. He caught it, but he just didn't stay in bounds. Yeah. Um, This is three for three. I'm going to concur. It's a defense Jordan (laughs) Love can exploit. Uh, Green Bay D needs to stifle the Chargers. Uh, Easier said than done, but, yeah, I think they can can do it. I think they can get it done. Uh, Certainly the elements and the chill will uh, certainly benefit the Packers more so than the Chargers uh, up there. If if they had snow, it might be my lock, but uh, it's going to be – bad enough up there. I know it's going to be bad up there because it's not fun down here right now. I woke up this morning here in Memphis in the deep south or mid-south, and it was 32 degrees, so uh, I know it's going to be chilly up there. Uh, so I'll concur with you and yep. take the pack. Mid-40s mid, mid, mid 40s today. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's not too bad, but for, for a team from L.A., yeah, that's probably not going to feel very good to them. Uh, Las Vegas comes from out there as well, but they're going to warm climates. Unfortunately for them, they're going to Miami Gardens. So the five and five Raiders and the six and three Dolphins. Uh, the Raiders only one and four on the road, and of course the Dolphins four and zero oh at home. I mean, not counting that home game they gave up and lost uh, in England, or in, that was the Germany game for or Miami that they lost. Uh, but that wasn't a home game for them. That was KC. Anyway, Miami four and zero oh at home. Uh, Devon A. Chain, the running back, looks to return from his knee injury today. So that's another extra boost for the Dolphins, who are coming off the bye and coming off that last game that they took the L uh, against, uh, was that Philly, the last game they lost? Uh, In any event, the uh, Raiders are, of course, the big underdogs, biggest of the week, plus 14 at the Dolphins. That's a big number. Uh, While I appreciate what Antonio Pierce and the LV Raiders are doing, they have not had to play a team quite as explosive as the Miami Dolphins yet. Um, I don't expect this to go well for the Raiders. The things that they need to do, which are slow it down and ugly it up, yeah, you can do that for spurts. Josh Jacobs seems a bit revitalized in the you know revamped-looking offense with Aiden O'Connell. But, yeah, I am not taking Aiden O'Connell to shoot out against Tua and Tyreek and, and, and getting that – full stable of running backs seemingly healthy now they've got three guys back there who are all lightning fast 
uh, yeah, no way I'm taking the Raiders here. I'm giving them all, taking Miami, uh, squish. Yeah, I mean, clean up my uh, bumbling over myself there. The Dolphins' last game was indeed the uh, Germany game against the Chiefs. Germany game, yep. That they lost to the Chiefs and then had to buy last week. Uh, So now back off to buy, 14-point favorites against uh, Antonio Pierce's uh, Las Vegas Raiders. That, that's been a nice story for for Pierce. The, the first two games, you know, knock out the Giants, knock out the Jets. That shit ends now. I concur. It's not enough. I'm taking Miami and giving the 14 <laughs> points. Certainly can see them winning the three or four touchdowns. Not locking yeah. it up though. No, you know when I picked this last night, it was at 12 and a half, and I had this as my lock. But when I saw oh. that sneak up to 14, 14 <laughs> starts to get to well pushy territory for one, right. and garbage there's a lot of things that can go wrong to 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 blow a 14 point cover for you so well i'm confident about this pick i uh i am not locking this one up all right uh they do what they did to denver then we'll, we'll both regret that uh moving on to the giants and the potato skins new york at two and eight washington at four and six giants are one and five on the road skins are one and three at home uh, they will not have running back Antonio Gibson, who's got a toe injury. Uh, these two played a barn burner of a game in Week 7 in New York, which the Giants won 14-7. to uh, No pass protection for Washington, and that was a game that you might remember that the Washington defensive end, Jonathan Allen, had uh, just, just a few choice words, just a tad frustrated after that game, talking about, I'm sick of losing this, this bullshit. I'm sick of losing the same fucking way and all that. So. Uh, See if they have some more uh, aggravation here. This spread is the most surprising of the week to me. Uh, whatever you think of Washington, the Giants apparently are just complete garbage. They are plus nine points at yeah. the Skins. And that's true. Is there a number right now for this iteration of the New York Giants that is big enough? Uh, <laughs> we saw it against Dallas. I-, I don't know. And I don't think Washington's all that great shakes, although Sam Howell is your yardage leader so far. Yeah into the season, which is, which is crazy. They're, they're moving the ball offensively. I don't think losing Antonio Gibson really matters because Brian Robinson, now you get to give him, you know, full starter work. And I think he's the better back. So I don't really think that hurts Washington at all. Um, Yeah, obviously this is a huge number. And, you know, you look at Washington and you go, man, they, 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 they traded away their two, you know, most effective pass rushers. They give up all these deep balls, but, Danny freaking DeVito. I'm taking Washington. <laughs> Give them all. Uh, I, I three covers. <laughs> yeah, that, that it does. Uh, so does 10 to nothing. Um, yeah, I, I I can't believe I'm looking at the, the Washington offense uh, as, as productive as it is. Not only is Sam Howell the leader in yardage, but that's overall the 11th best passing offense in football uh, when in yards per game. The Washington uh, team Manderskins are 11. I, I cannot believe that. I, I'm really hesitant to trust Sam Howell. This is a tough, very tough pick for me. I'm, I'm hesitant <laughs> to trust Sam Howell and Chico Rivera giving two scores like that, but the Giants, who they're, they're, they're terrible. I'll, I, well, I'll say that having to be a prisoner to my TV and watching the Giants-Cowboys uh, debacle last week, I will say this: at least they fight. They they were. I, I don't know what was oh, happening. No, they weren't. At least they tried. Team of the year. I don't know how bad it would have been last week if they didn't try, but they were trying. They were All fighting right, against the Cowboys. Neutral field, Giants, Panthers. Right now, who you got? 
Uh, <laughs> a bottle of Pepto Bismol. Um, uh, it's, it's bad, I don't want Bryce. It? Y- I don't want Bryce Young either. I ugh. Yeah. Um. I, I, <laughs> Probably the Panthers, I must admit. Uh, but but it would be telling you what they should do instead of no. I don't want a draft lottery. I want the top, the worst two teams, right, to play each other for the number one pick. <laughs> the, the the winner or the loser gets the number one. Pick? The winner. <laughs> oh, so you got to try. Oh. I'm, the players don't care about the pick at all. That's the whole point of, of saying, oh, this team's trying to tank. for the, well, the players aren't trying to tank. It's always the organizations that are trying. Well, I, I, um, I know. you got to come up with something. <laughs> the Giants are not trying to tank. They just suck. They, um, they're just bad. All right. Maybe Danny DeVito can get a little better. But Brian Dable's allowed to coach him up and, and make him a little better at some point, isn't he? Uh, mm-hmm. So I'll take the point. I'll take the points. It, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a lot of points. I mean, this game deserves a push, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it really does. It, it's, we've spent way, way more time on it than we should have, but uh, we'll move well, on. because you there. had to twist yourself in pretzel knots to pick the Giants. Oh, and also because you gave me Washington, Carolina on a neutral field, and it took me 30 seconds to play that out in my mind. <laughs> Speaking of the Panthers, Cowboys, 6-3, and three, Panthers, 1-8, down in Charlotte. Catch the fever. Uh, Cowboys only two and three on the road. Of course, that's their, their big bugaboo. We know that all of their, uh, L's this year have been on the road. Carolina's yeah. one victory this year has been at home. So can there be a possible fight here as well? And, uh, Panthers also get their edge rusher, Brian Burns back from uh, having a concussion. Um, Stevon Diggs needs to tweet if Dallas loses this game. He needs to tweet that. Oh man. Uh, Trayvon needs to get out of there. He needs yeah, to get out the of there. Uh huh. <laughs> he needs to turn the tables there. Uh, Cowboys are, of course, the big favorite, uh, minus 10.5 at Carolina. You know, I don't know if there's some uh, – with the lines that we have this week, this one seems small. Uh, so I don't think it's enough. The Cowboys should handle these guys with no problem. And we see teams that, that show up small against lesser competition. But have the Cowboys – have they played anybody? I mean, they have Anyone shown... they played, they lost to. Yeah, but other than Arizona, I mean, that was Josh Dobbs, yeah. so that just <laughs> the explains magic of itself. Josh Dobbs, of course. Right. I mean, we that was, you know, we, we obviously had not, we did not know about the uh, greatness of Josh Dobbs at the moment when that happened, so we thought it was fluky. Um, I, I don't see the Cowboys going into Carolina against Bryce Young, who's terrible, and they have no running game. You know, Hubba Bubba and Miles Sanders have been pretty ineffective. Um, the only receiver that they have who does anything is Adam Thielen. <laughs> so while I'm not locking this up, I do have a lot of confidence in the Cowboys this week. I'm taking the Cowboys and giving the points. A lot of big numbers I'm taking this week. It scares me. You should be scared. I'm taking the Panthers to have some fight. That that's just you brought up that Cardinals game. No one saw that coming at all. Like if any team can underplay their opponent, it will be the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they they destroyed the Giants last week. That was at home. They're a different team, clearly, at home. Yeah, I can see the Cowboys finding a way to, to come in and, and underplay the, the Panthers. And I'm not calling them for, to lose the game. But, yeah, I'll take the, the 10 and a half. There, there's a hook there, too, so that makes it feel good as well. I can lose that game by 10, and I'll still win that pick. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the Panthers. AFC South, Tennessee, Jacksonville, the Titans are 3 and 6. And all of those L's are on the road, which they are this week. 
The Jags are six and three, and three all three of their L's are also at home. Something's got to give. Uh, Tennessee uh, will once again not have their receiver trail on Burks. He's still dumplings, uh, and they will not have their uh, your favorite defensive back, Sean Murphy Bunting. He's got a bad thumb. Uh, the Jaguars will not have their kick return specialist, Jamal Agnew. He's got bad ribs, or their cornerback, Tyson Campbell, who's got a hammy. Uh, Titans are still the big underdog, uh, Mayo boy, and the Titans uh, get six and a half points at the Jaguars. Yeah, the Jaguars got so thoroughly embarrassed last week that I have no choice but to take them this week. <laughs> uh, because when you are up and coming and you put that much negative on film, usually the bounce back is pretty strong. So I, I do expect a large bounce back this week from Jacksonville. Tennessee, Will Levis, the rookie, I mean, they, he's been making some nice throws. He's got the big arm, but he's a rookie. He's going to have some rookie moments. A Jacksonville defense who wants you to pass is going to probably have some traps laid for him, hopefully, uh, with me taking the Jags here. But uh, I think Tennessee will have a little fight in them, but I don't think they can keep this within a touchdown. So um, I'm, I'm going to take the Jaguars here to bounce back after that thorough embarrassing laid on them by the 49ers last week. Um, I'm giving the points. Yeah, Mike Vrabel and the Titans uh, always have a, uh, some fight in their division matchups. They always have a good fight against the uh, the Jaguars. But, yeah, I'm still waiting for Mayo Boy to build on that four-touchdown debut performance. It was like, oh, my God, this is the next big thing. He's arrived, and, and I'm, you know, I popped as big for that as anybody, um, and it just hasn't been there since then. Uh, it's much more likely that he's the juicy bounce back for the Jags after San Fran, which is exactly what you said. So I would concur and take the Jags with you. Uh, now it's the uh, Arizona Cardinals and the Houston Texans in the battle of uh, very hyped, very praised quarterbacks uh, from this past week, uh, despite their records. The uh, Cardinals are still only 2-8 and eight after that victory, and uh, as already uh, explained and, and gone on and on by me, the Texans are only 5-4. and four. CJ for MVP, that's stop it. They're 5-4. and four. Uh, For Houston, they've got injury issues. Uh, Damian Pierce, the running back again, is going to be out. Uh, wide receiver Noah Brown is out. Safety Jimmy Ward is out, but they're expecting Nico Collins, their receiver, to return from his calf injury. Uh, in this one, the cards are the road underdogs. Uh, Kyler Murray gets six points at CJ and the Texans. I'm going to roll with the Cardinals here again. Uh, while I do think the Texans can win, I think that they have shown that they do have moments where they can come up small. This is the team that gave the Carolina Panthers their only victory. Let's not forget. For all you C.J. Stroud folks who are MVP, MVP, and yeah, he went toe-toe with Joe Burrow, and he had that rookie record 470-yard game. He can also lay some eggs. I I love Kyler Murray uh, running around, making that defense tire out, trying to chase him all over (laughs) the place. Fluky stuff can happen. I I can definitely see Houston coming away here with a field goal victory. Um, I'll take the Cardinals and the points. Uh, after this one, the Texans don't get to sneak up on any good teams anymore. They've got a much tougher schedule going uh, after this. Uh, luckily, this is not a good team. Uh, even with Kyler Murray, uh, I'm going to take CJ and give the, the six points. I, I got the Texans by a couple of touchdowns in this one. But uh, I hated on Kyler last week, so the, what did that give me? So we'll, we'll see how it works out this time. <laughs> time for the late afternoon action. Tampa Bay goes across to California to visit the 49ers. The Bucks are four and five, two and two on the road. 
49ers are six and three, three and one at home. Uh, this is the second biggest spread of the week. Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield get 13 points at yeah. Brock Purdy in the 49ers. Yeah, boy, the shine has come off of the Bucks. Uh, they have one play, and that play is <laughs> Baker Mayfield chucking it in for to Mike, Mike Evans. <laughs> that is their play. So That's if you it. can take that away, I think you can hold them down, and I, there's no way I can take the Bucks here on the road against what looks to be a full-strength 49ers squad. And we saw what a full-strength team went on the road and did last week, Jacksonville. They're just going – Kyle Shanahan just keeps – that offense is just going to keep rolling and rolling. That Tampa defense is not the Tampa defense of, of days gone, right, when they were going to Super Bowls. They're they're exposable now. You can run on them. You can throw on them. Uh, they're better in the run D. San Fran comes at you so many different ways, and I, I don't. I'm not taking Baker Mayfield in a shootout against this offense. So I'm going to take the Niners. I'm going to give the points. Uh, boy, just win by 14 and let me run <laughs> and hide. Yeah, uh, they definitely can get thrown on. The Bucks are, are giving it up deep. I don't know if that's uh, injuries in the back, uh, the secondary there, but uh, Todd Bowles' D is, is very exploitable, uh, 31st in the league, next to last, uh, in yards per game given up uh, through the air. Uh, going against San Fran, I, was, I shouldn't be surprised, again, when you look at the numbers, but, uh, again, this is the team that I saw a few years ago when I looked at the numbers and said, wow, they're averaging an unbelievable amount of yards per play. Like, they're – just in, incredibly efficient. And this is, you know, back in the Jimmy G days. This team is, even with the injuries uh, with Brock Purdy, even with Debo being out for so long, they're averaging more yards per throw now than the Dolphins. They're at 9.2 yards per throw this year. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> for everything that they've gone through. Uh, so, yeah, they're uh, definitely going to light up the Bucks. Uh, they're definitely back to full strength. They looked like they were completely back last week. Uh, they, I'm not, I'm not trusting the Buccaneers, uh, stopping them. I don't see that. I don't imagine that at all. Um, I can see them winning by three or four scores. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to lock up the Niners and and give the big 13. Even if they they win by 14 and run and hide, that'll be a a lock victory for me. So I will take that. Uh, onto the Jets and Bills. Oh boy. This game. Jets four and five, two and two on the road. Bills five and five, four and one at home. The Bills' schedule, as you already mentioned, doesn't get any easier after this. Three hundred and seventy yards of offense per game for the Buffalo Bills, seventh best in the NFL. Yeah, fire Ken Dorsey. That will solve everything. He was the problem. Uh, obviously, uh, as we know, Week One Monday night somehow Jets in overtime beat the Bills twenty-two to sixteen. Project. And his arm punts uh, doom the Bills after Aaron Rodgers goes down four game uh, four plays into the season. Somehow they find a way to lose that game. That kind of set the template for the Bills uh, after that because they they recovered enough to beat the hell out of the Dolphins that one game, and then from there they just have not had it at all. Uh, in this one, the Jets, of course, are the dogs at Buffalo. Jets are plus seven and a half at the Bills. Right. So this one's. Uh an interesting one because you fire your offensive coordinator the week before you play these guys. Wait a minute. Explain this one to me again. So you're going to put a bad situation, make it more unstable, bring in a new voice or whatever. The guy 
got up and he gave a nice little speech and he said, you know, whatever, you can accentuate the positives, blah, blah, blah. You, you cannot take away the fact that the Jets have just owned this Bills team since Robert Sala took over. And with, whether it's Zach Wilson or four minutes of Aaron Rodgers, they have been playing these guys extremely tough. Bryce, Brees Hall ran all over them in the first matchup. They get a special teams touchdown to win the game at the end. Josh Allen with the arm punts three times to the same guy, just ugly throws. I'm locking up the Jets. Oh my! I, I can't, I can't trust the Bills in this spot after firing the OC, melting down on defense, melting down on special teams. The problems are numerous with the Bills squad right now, and your nemesis is coming to town. The team that's had your number. I mean, if they want to exercise the demon, this would be a great place to start with the new OC and the new look bills, but mm -mm, I think we're going to get a little bit more of what we've seen all season from them inconsistent. Maybe they win, but I don't think they're covered more than a tutty. Yeah, I can understand that viewpoint. Yeah. Joe Brady takes over as the new uh, OC for the, for the bills, not Tom Brady. If it was Tom, maybe it'd be a different story. Uh, you, you can't, uh, we, uh, again, we talk about the Bills, and they, they need motivation. They don't, they don't seem to perform their best unless they're motivated. You can't have a bigger motivation for Buffalo than the first game of the season. After getting there, the first game now after getting their OC can and playing the team in that first game of the season that uh, they lost their starting quarterback four plays in and still beat your ass. Like, I don't know how much more motivation the Bills could possibly need. So this is the one I'm going to – the last one maybe that I'm going to trust them and give the seven and a half and say that they're going to show up. And if you're Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, you're looking around, you're looking at a five and five team with, with, with the Super Bowl aspirations that you had and you got your OC fired. You, you got to step up here, right? You got to. You got to be like, okay, I, we I, just got somebody fired, man. We, we There's another one of those where my heart wants you to be right. <laughs> But the brain is telling me something different. <sighs> they got to. They got to. At this point, this is the only Because if they don't do it here, their season's over. If they don't do it here, they're yeah. going 6-11. Uh, I, I, I think their season, unless they bounce back in a crazy spot here, and then they kind of, like I said, exercise that demon, and they look like the new-look Bills, uh, I have no faith with them with this stretch they have coming up. I mean, they've got Chiefs, Eagles. It's ugly, whatever yeah, they have it's, coming it's a up. Lot. Uh, and if they don't show out here or they win by two or, you know, or it's really <laughs> ugly and Josh Allen throws four more picks, we're going to be home I, in January I, and that's bad for football. It is. And then bad for, uh, we're going to see the Steelers in the playoffs or the Texans or the Browns yeah. with DTR. Oh, nah. <laughs> Josh Allen, why? <laughs> Bad I liked football, you guys bad. before it was cool. <laughs> Look what you've done bad. to my boy. Bad for Sean McDermott's uh, uh, real estate as well. He might have to be looking for something new after this. This, this is a debacle. Mm. We'll move on to there to Seahawks, Rams, and NFC West action. Seattle six and three, Rams three and six. Seattle two and two on the road, Rams one and three at home. Uh, Tyler Lockett has a hammy for the Seahawks. Uh, I think he's been playing through that, and I think he's going to play through it again today. Uh, Matthew Stafford returns from his thumb injury, the second of our quarterbacks to get a thumbs up and get back out there. Uh, Rams coming off the bye, and Stafford, I, don't, I haven't heard that he's not 100%, but he's better than what we got. I, have, I did not hear that, but I'm not paying attention to the uh, Rams he's, beat reporters. So. He's not whoever the hell Brett Rippon. He's not Brett Rippon. <laughs> no, he's definitely not Brett Rippon. 
Uh, I don't know if this is Stafford love or old guy Geno Smith hate, but the six and three Seahawks are one and a half point dogs at the three and six Rams. I hate to say that being a favorite in this spot, because I'm taking away the point spread here. This feels like a trap game for Seattle. I'm not putting any point spread into this because for Seattle, they clearly should be the favorite. So somebody who's making these odds is looking at the Seahawks and they're not very trusting of them. And I kind of understand why, because since they anointed themselves kings of the NFC West, uh, they went to Baltimore and got destroyed and then came back and barely hung on against the great Washington team Manderskins. So I, I can understand the lack of Seattle love here. I still think they should be the points favorite. But I mean, if they're pl- you know if they're going into this game, Seattle minus one or minus two, it's still not changing the fact that I think they're walking into a trap here. And I'm taking the Rams. Um, I think that Seattle defense has gotten exposed the last couple of weeks, and I think a healthy Stafford with the weapons that he has might be able to exploit that, make some big plays through the air. I'm going to take the Rams here and give the point and a half. Uh, Rams went up to Seattle to start the season in week one and housed them 30-13. to 13. That was the Puka uh, Nakua game. You, you always talk about things that seem like a long time ago. The Puka Nakua game. It feels that like the Puka three Nakua years game. ago. Yeah. Uh, that monster debut that, that that kid had. Haven't heard a whole lot from him lately. Just kind of slowing down. And Cooper Cup came back for the Rams as well. Um, that hype feels like it happened like last year or three years ago. Um <laughs> Not the same team, clearly, three and six. Seattle is, whatever you think of the Seahawks, they're clearly a better team than the Rams, and I don't think they're getting that performance out of Puka, Nakua, or uh, Cooper Cup or anyone else uh, in this game. So I'm going to trust my eyes and my gut and, and say the Seahawks are the better team, and I, I still don't understand why the Rams are, are favored. But that's why they play the games, right? Uh, we uh, again, we're well, I, I guess we're getting more efficient as we uh, as we age in, in our show. Cause There's we, also again, less games. There's also less games. Even in the bye weeks before, we would come down to the last second you know what, for, our, for our last game. Also, it's not 11 o'clock at night. Oh, is that it? We're just going faster because we're not sleepy? <laughs> That's possible. We're, we're, <laughs> we're not stumbling over our words. And, okay. And I haven't mm-hmm. had a drink in me. <laughs> I, it might have something to do with it. I don't know. Uh, I, I, in my for for my point, I, I know that my notes are shorter. Uh, the, the games are not as I don't want to yeah, say as compelling. Yeah, but there's there's not as much meat to break down. I don't think for a lot of these matchups, because so many of these teams are so bad. So I think that has a lot to do with it too. In any yeah, event, that too. Sunday night football, uh, Vikings Broncos is not exactly a barn burner, but. Hey, Josh Dobbs, Forrest Gump, and the Vikings are six and four somehow, and uh, battling the Broncos, who are four and five, which is a lot better than most people thought they would be after the way they started their season. Uh, Vikings uh, thought they might get Justin Jefferson back from his hammy, but he's still out. Uh, but they expect to have KJ Osborne at the receiver position uh, coming off of his concussion. Uh, and this one, uh, Dobbs and the Vikings are the cop out underdog. They are three point dogs at. Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Yeah, the the Broncos, since giving up that 70 points to the Dolphins, have been better. Uh, you know, they go and kind of get that gift victory from Buffalo, which they probably never should have gotten, but the Buffalo Bills shot themselves in the foot over and over and over <laughs> again, and the, the Broncos are the recipients of that. 
And and then we've got Josh Dobbs, right? You call him Forrest Gump, which I, I love. Is that yours or is that uh, yeah. something you picked up? Okay, because he's just kind of everywhere he up, goes, right? just something happens to him. He's yeah, he's good. gonna be the he's gonna be sitting on a bench someday, telling everybody <laughs> about all the stops he had in the NFL and all the places he went and things he did and the the wins that he had and all the high leverage moments that he just seems to be showing up in now. So I like that. Um, Counting his thousands and thousands of uh, Apple stock. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, a movie read. Wow, so you've seen that movie? I actually saw it. It wasn't any time. Uh, it wasn't when it came out. It was maybe three or four years ago. But yes, I actually saw Forrest Gump. Yeah, but I like what they're doing. They're moving the ball. He's he's definitely getting a lot out of his receivers. Uh, he's getting a lot out of Jordan Addison, who with, minus C.J. Stroud could be offensive rookie of the year. Um, th- th- he's moving the ball with his feet. Uh, they're getting. Uh, they seem to be highlighting Tyson Chandler more in the running game as they uh, kind of move away from nice. Alexander Madison, uh, which is a wise thing because he is not. He's proving why he's been a career backup and he's not very good. Um, it, it, I don't. Denver gets the big win and this feels like a letdown spot to me. So although it feels pushy as all hell, I'm going to take the Vikings here because oh boy, I think they're the better team right now. <laughs> Ugh. It sounded painful for you to get out. Oh, it's so icky. Uh, is Ty Chandler's uh, given name Tyson? Is that really his name? Is it? No, did I say Tyson Chandler? Yeah, that's what I said. That would be news. He's going to dunk on him. <laughs> Big 7-1 running back out there. That would be awesome. I'd love to see <laughs> Tyson that. Ch- no, Ty, Ty Chandler. Maybe his name really is His Tyson? name might be Tyson. I don't know. That's why I was asking. Maybe, he maybe, just, you... maybe they just call him Ty yeah. Um, uh, no, I believe enough. it's Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler. I, I'd have yeah, to go enough. into uh, something. Yeah, we got time for me to look find. that up. That's funny as hell, though. I called him Tyson Chandler. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Uh, we got enough dunk on him. Ty Kevius. That's why they call him Ty, because he has a made-up dumbass first name. Oh, Ty Kevius Ty's Chandler. Ty- <laughs> He's an East-West All-Star. <laughs> Jamar is Jamar. Jamar is some Lamar. University of Middle Tennessee. The Wine Shower Handle. University of Southern Mississippi. Kingle McCringleberry. Penn State University. La Carpetron Duke Marriott. Florida Atlantic University. The Dinklage Morgoon. University of South Florida. Xmas Jackson Flaxen Waxen. California University of Pennsylvania. Kevius Chandler, Montgomery Bell Academy. I'm not making that part up. That's actually where he played. Whatever Montgomery <laughs> Bell Academy is. Uh, um, and also uh, Tennessee and, and North Carolina. Uh, yeah, that's the type of thing we can do with uh, with some extra time on the show. I can play really dumb uh, sound drops like that. But I, I love that job. That that skit is so hilarious. Um, and of course the uh, the the final bit of it, but. Fudge. Uh, uh, where am I? Uh, or it was always, or or the 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 one time where the last guy was just a random white dude named like that, you know, yeah, the very first one that was absolutely that had me on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> the last guy, yeah. John Smith. John Smith, BYU. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, of course, it's perfect. BYU, right? But, but yeah, of course, it, it would either be BYU, Notre Dame, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, that 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 was a perfect way to 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 this perfect dismount from from that uh, from that vault. Uh, anyway, 
this is what we do. This is what it used to be uh, when we were on the phone uh, doing before we had a show. We would just bridge off into anything that we wanted to talk about because we wanted to avoid talking about the game. Yes, that's where it came from. Because uh, the only thing I have written down for a note for this game is improving Broncos or the magic of Josh Dobbs. It, it is a tough pick. I didn't know which way to go. That, that's about all my, my entire breakdown there. Um, I'm going with the improving Broncos at home, giving the three. I, I obviously don't feel very good about it. But this that's game's going to push, right? It's got to. Probably, yes. Yeah. 20 to 17. This is, this is, this is going to be 23-20, and we're done. Get out of town. Yeah. All right, at least the Monday night game's got a lot to talk about because it's one of the best games of the year. The it's Eagles a good game. It's the, it should be one of the best of the year. So, it's the Super Bowl rematch. I'm going to ask you right now, who's okay. getting hurt? Oh, because <laughs> it's a good game. Who, who's, getting get the, who's getting the season ender? Is, will oh. it be Patrick Mahomes? Will it be <laughs> Jalen Hurts? Someone's getting season ended right here. The Burrow thing get, Thursday we night. Have, we can't have nice things. Right. The Burrow thing Thursday night overshadowed freaking Mark Andrews is out for the year. He got his ankle rolled up. Yeah. That happened, too, on the same game. Mark and Andrews forgot and about Joe Burrow gone yeah. same night. Done. Dunsky. I shockingly that won might... money on that game. Even uh, oh. one of, <laughs> Shockingly, after those two guys went out, I surprisingly actually won money. And it was the, the, the lineup that I won the most money on in my DFS. You know who my captain was? <laughs> Justin Tucker. <laughs> because when you captain a kicker, just like when you captain a defense, it leaves you so much money for all the sure. top players that I was able to just jam in, you know, Lamar and Edwards. And just, no, that's, uh, that's how you work it. And, and I, work I, I still won money with that bullshit uh, Zay Flowers touchdown called off the board. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I remember that because that had me in jeopardy uh, for my pick because part of my parlay was uh, Ravens-Ravens, first half and for the game, double it up. Oh, yeah. And that, touch, that touchdown put the Ravens up, and they took it away. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, but they went in and scored again anyway. Yeah, um, I'm but one I still... of the softest OPI calls <laughs> you'll ever see. Yeah. In a no year kidding. of soft calls. Uh, but, I, but I still lost my pick anyway because as part of my uh, sort of shorting everybody parlay, I, I shorted like, oh, God, I had like three or four people I shorted in yardage. But one of them I shorted, Odell Beckham, and he went off. Yeah. So that happens. Wait. It, he, he, are you saying he came back from the dead? Uh, again, Odell. He, he does that sometimes, doesn't OBJ. he? OBJ. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're We're – Actually taking time away from the one good game that we have this week, the the best game. You have six minutes to make our last pick. That's like five more than normal. <laughs> I know. But we we should have a lot to say about the uh, Eagles Chiefs, right? Uh, should. So Eagles eight and one, four and one on the road, Chiefs seven and two, three and one at home. Uh we saw Dallas Goddard's arm get bent the wrong way the last game that the Eagles played. Uh, he is not gonna come back from that in this game, but they haven't put him on IR yet, so they're hoping to get them back sooner rather than later, but definitely not for this game. Eagles and Chiefs both coming off the bye. We know about Andy Reid's record off the bye, but what, I wonder what his record is playing against a team that's also coming off the bye. So that may skew things a little bit depending on your point of view. We'll see how you feel about that. Uh, Eagles are the very slight underdogs, not the home uh, cop-out line. Eagles are plus two and a half at the Chiefs. Yeah, 
which is interesting. So, you know, the Chiefs here can get away with a field goal victory and, and cover, which is, which is enticing. Uh, the Chiefs will see how they're schemed up and how motivated they are. We'll see what that first 15 looks like coming off of the bye, right? You would expect them to be wild and multiple and your, your favorite uh, Andy Reid crazy geometry. Uh, that'll that'll tell the tone of the game for me because if they come out and it's a couple of three and outs or a couple of sacks uh, or something doesn't really go their way and the Eagles are able to set the tone like they did in the Super Bowl before they blew it, um, we'll see how that game ends up going. I'm going to end up going with the Eagles here. Um, it's a tough pick either way. I mean, this is one of those I can see it going either way. I really can see this going either way because the, the Chiefs, there's just they're always there you know what you're going to get out of them they don't look very sexy they don't look very exciting but Patrick Mahomes is going to find random dudes and make things happen but then you also have the Eagles who are kind of they're still the top team in the NFC they're the the Super Bowl loser they're the team I think coming in with more of the chip on their shoulder they've got something to avenge they kind of blew it against the, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl um Gave away the big lead when, with the fumble, uh, inter, you know, with the fumble touchdown, and seemed to have everything in hand and just let it all slip away. Teams that lose Super Bowls like that and then maintain some quality seem to take, in my mind, seem to come out on the better side of these Super Bowl rematches. So I'm going to take the Eagles here. As I, I think I don't know if they're going to pull some turf shenanigans on the field. <laughs> the sod father is going to do anything to negate this pass rush the way they did in the Super Bowl. Uh, we start hearing things about changing cleats. I'm going to be a little worried. <laughs> um, but I'm going to take the Eagles here, uh, absent uh, some turf shenanigans. And, and I, I think that that D-line is going to have a little get-off in this game and uh, and lay some lumber. Yeah, hopefully they won't be skating around out there on the paint. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just like the Super Bowl pick last year, you, uh, both of us could see it either way, but it, you kind of get that flash of, all right, I'm going to go this way, and I'm going to stick with that. I'm not going to uh, waver on my pick, even though the other team is very good and a very high quality. Uh, yeah, I really need to see some innovation from the Chiefs. I know Pat Mahomes has been making it happen, uh, making chicken salad out of chicken shit, but you know, he and Andy Reid and Matt Nagy, they, they got to bring it here. This is where they got to figure it out. Uh, off the bye week. I know the Eagles are off the bye as well. Eagles have, still had the number one run D in the league. They clearly have built that and were focused on that, building their team. So that's not how the Chiefs are going to win. That's not going to be the way KC wins. And I love Isaiah Pacheco, but uh, they got to be creative. They got to bring it through the air and they got to figure out how to get those other guys open. We know uh, Mahomes and Kelsey will find each other. Uh so that's basically it. I'm, I'm, pick, I'm taking the Chiefs. Uh, you got, you know, as long as they got Kelsey, they got a way to have a, a, a productive offensive day. Um, I went against the Lions uh, in the in the opener because they didn't have Kelsey. Uh, I really do think he makes that much of a difference. Um, and I'm also hating on Jalen Hurts in this spot on the road playing balls out like he did in the Super Bowl. If he does that again, I'd, I'd be shocked. Um, that was like his career, a career game it was a hell of a game. Can't take it away from him, but I, you know, do it again. Let's see you do it again. Um, and if he does, uh, congratulations on him. But I'm, I'm going to take the what I think is the, the better team. Um, missing, you know, Tyreek Hill from the from the Super Bowl, but still the, the structure of the team. Just 
incredible what the Chiefs are, are putting together, uh, even with the, the, the spare parts that they're putting it together with on offense. So I, I'm going to take the Chiefs and, and give the two and a half. It, it is close. It, it, it's razor thin. It is. Uh, that's it for the uh, live portion. I was trying to find the outro, but I didn't yeah. find it in time. So it, it almost makes me ask you the question, if this is KC at Philly, are you taking the Chiefs? Probably I'm taking the Eagles. Okay. Uh, so it really is just – it's that close. Yeah. Yeah. And you talk about the, the scores that I come up for each game and how close is that. Um, I got I got KC 28-24. So clearly I don't have them blowing right. the Eagles out. Uh, but I just think they're the, the better team and they'll just find a way. Yeah. Just uh, so. we're on the death watch, though. Who's getting, Who's the season ender in this primetime game? I sure hope it isn't Kelsey just because I don't want to see Taylor Swift with the crocodile tears in the booth and then the camera focused on her the whole time. Um, so hopefully it's not that. I don't know. I actually kind of might like that. Although, no, you know why I won't like that? Because that will give Travis Kelsey more time to do commercials, and he's already in every commercial. (laughs) So I don't want it to be him. He'll do all the commercials no matter what. He finds the time. He that's why he and Taylor Swift are perfect for each other because they find the time to find the camera. No matter what they're doing, they will find the camera. Did you (laughs) you see uh, Taylor running off the stage at at her concert and finding a way to run into uh, uh, Kelsey's arms and give him a big kiss? They know where the cameras are uh, all time. Oh, uh, is this? Could this be more manufactured? I well, it. Who knows? Eventually, you do have to like even Michael Jackson and Lisa Marie. However, manufactured that shit was, even they kissed uh, on the mouth in, in that one award show. No. Even though yeah, I yeah. completely <laughs> think that was me. Wow, up. that you went there. <laughs> I did. Well, when you think about phony, could not possibly be true relationships. Like, there's no way in hell Lisa Marie was was oh, right. in a relationship with a guy that that's sucking off little boys. I'm sorry, I don't believe that. Uh, so, yeah, this is about that manufactured. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Uh, so how many do you think were different on this week? Uh, seven. It wasn't many wow. early, but it picked up late. Yeah, I know. Was, we were kumbaya a lot early. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Damn, it, it was seven. Okay. Okay. It started off like, wow, we're agreeing. We were agreeing right. on ones I didn't think we were going to agree on, and then it just started picking up. Yeah, but then five in the on Sunday, and then the, both of the primetime games were were different yeah. on those. Well, I got work to do, so I got it down to eight. You know. Yeah. Got got a long way to go. A lot of season. Uh, so I don't know if we had anything. Oh, we definitely need to figure out uh, the schedule for next week. Um, since I'm going to be in Chicago, um, I don't know uh, what your work is like as far as before Thanksgiving, like. Do you want to do a Wednesday night show, a Tuesday night show, or do you just want to make our picks uh, on Twitter uh, for Thanksgiving? Um, well, where, where are you going to be, like, when? Wednesday night, I should be just chilling at my uncle's house. Should be. It, it's, you know, you're with family. You, you haven't seen in five years, so there's a chance I'm unavailable. But should be at home. Uh, Saturday night, I'm definitely not at home. We're definitely going to be at my aunt's house. And so the weekend show, uh, the only thing I can see for the weekend show is Sunday morning right before we get out of there and start driving back home. Um, And then, you know, because I know it can't be like Friday night because you're uh, working. 
Uh, yeah, Friday's really tough. Um, yeah. So, did you say Saturday? No, I said Saturday I'm at my aunt, so I know I won't be available. Okay. And... Like we're, we're going over to her house instead of being at my uncle's. So we're going to uh, hang out at her new house. So that's why I, Saturday, uh, Sunday morning, I think it's the only thing I can do um, for for a show. Um, otherwise, uh, if that's not yeah, doable for you, Yeah, otherwise I can I – can, I could – do a Friday. It's going to be a really long day. Um, it would have to be like a 10 on Friday. Well, you can do that, or you can have me uh, email pigs, and you can uh, run it solo whenever yeah. you're coming. I'm okay doing a really late show on Friday, because I don't want to do it. Uh, Sundays, I don't know. I don't, I, want to, I don't want to do too many Sunday shows. <laughs> and actually, I work that Sunday, so I'm out. Oh, oh okay. So I, okay. the only thing that works for me is doing a late show on Friday. Okay. All right, uh, so that's for the uh, next weekend, uh, late show Friday. Um, and then what about uh, the before Thanksgiving? Sometimes uh, we do a show, and, and sometimes we're not able to. Yeah, no, let's go. Let's do a Twitter. Okay. Let's do a Twitter uh, run um, for Thanksgiving. I'll just tw- tweet them out in the morning. All right, that'll be our first quadruple gobble, because now we got the uh, the first ever Black Friday oh, there's game. There's also a Friday game, so I'll just do that. Friday, I guess. Um, so I'll do the three for Thanksgiving, and then Friday I'll do my Friday pick. Yeah, sounds good. I'll probably so that'd do something make like that whatever show we're doing Friday night doesn't have to be an overload. The pick part's not going to be very long because we're going to already have had four games go. Sure. Uh, so yeah, we'll just have our awards for for week eleven, and then the, the rest of the picks for for week twelve, and in, in even more less detail. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that works. All right. Uh, hopefully, I'm you know they're not, they don't have me doing anything Friday night. Um, but if they do, I'll, I'll definitely clue you in and let you know. It might even be later than than ten if I'm out. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. I'm gonna be yeah. wiped out, but I'll I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> at least be able to power through a a quick show. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll get that together for uh, for week twelve and uh, for our picks for Thanksgiving. The uh, triple gobble will have that sometime before Thanksgiving, and then sometime Friday before the Black Friday game, we'll have our picks on Twitter for the uh, Black Friday game. Um, and then we'll get together Friday night. We're planning to Friday night, uh, 10 p.m. Central, 11 p.m. Eastern, for a long, drowsy, tired Black Friday podcast recapping week 11 and getting you ready for uh, the rest of week 12. Uh, so unless you have anything else, I think uh, I think we're done. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Uh, everybody get enjoy. To, get your... back to my day and watch some football and get my fantasy lineups all set and be good to go. Yeah. Uh, everyone enjoy your football. Everybody enjoy your Thanksgiving. We'll have uh, again. We'll have our picks for you. On, our Thanksgiving picks will be on Twitter. You already heard the plugs. Where to follow us on Twitter to get our picks for those games. No show before Thanksgiving. Uh, instead, we'll have our picks uh, on Twitter, and we'll have the show Friday night, 10 p.m. Central, recapping Week 11, getting you ready for Week 12. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been a much less detailed podcast. Thank you all for listening this morning. We'll talk to you next Friday night. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs>